This is Retro Sports Radio. Visit RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. Hi there, everybody. This is Ralph Turner. Welcome to another New York Mets game brought to you by Rheingold Extra Dry and Cool Cigarettes. Today, the Mets meet the Chicago Cubs here at the Polo Grounds, and Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, and I are in hand to bring you every bit of the action. This is the final game of the homestand and the final game of this two-game series. So far this year, the Cubs and Mets have played seven games, coming up now the seventh, and they have split the first six, three to three. This broadcast is authorized under radio rights granted by the New York Mets solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the New York Mets is prohibited. Right now, the two starting pitchers warming up for the game here today on a beautiful day for baseball, the temperature in the low 90s. It'll be Bob Buell from Saginaw, Michigan, going for the Chicago Cubs. Bob with a record of six wins and five losses. This will, will be his second appearance against the Mets this year. And pitching for the Mets, Al Jackson from Houston, Texas. Al with a record of six wins and seven losses. Bob Buell, a right-hander, and Al Jackson, a left-hander. So while they warm up, how about you checking your own supply of fine, cold Rheingold? Rheingold Extra Dry. Yes, sir. Put some Rheingold on ice because you can add a lot to your enjoyment of the game. Here is a beer with a clean, clear taste. Brisk and bright all the way through. Rhine Gold is beer as beer should taste. Dry tells you why. Say right now would be a good time to light up a cool cigarette. Cool Soda King. A cigarette that gives you rich metal tobaccos and extra coolness. A refreshing coolness you feel in your throat. But it's almost game time, so settle back with a cold glass of Rhine Gold and enjoy the action. Starting lineup for the game here today. For the Chicago Cubs, Ellis Burton will lead off and play in right field. Batting second at shortstop, Andre Rogers. Batting third playing left field, Bill Williams. The fourth batter will be the third baseman, Ron Santos. Batting fifth at first base, newly acquired Leo Burke. Leo Clark from the St. Louis Cardinals. Batting sixth and playing second base, Ken Hubb. The seventh batter will be the catcher, Dick Fertel. Batting eighth in center field, Nelson Matthews. And the pitcher, Bob Buell, batting ninth. For the New York Mets, Jim Hickman will lead off and play center field. Batting second and playing second base, Ron Hunt. The third batter will be the right fielder, Duke Snyder. Batting in the cleanup spot and playing left field, Frank Thomas. Batting fifth, the catcher in the ball game, Sammy Taylor. Batting sixth, at first base, Tim Harkness. Batting seventh and playing third base, Tony Neal. The eighth batter, the shortstop, Al Moran. And Al Jackson will bat in the ninth position. He'll be on the mound. First game of this two-game series, won by the Cubs last night, 4-1, to one, behind the pitching of Larry Jackson. Now the second game about to come your way. Just in case you missed the scores of last night, the St. Louis Cardinals defeated San Francisco 6-5, and the Cardinals now in first place by one-half game over the Dodgers, who defeated Cincinnati 4-1 behind Sandy Koufax. In third place, the San Francisco Giants, they are one-and-a-half plus pass. And in fourth place, Cincinnati, they are two games behind the leaders of St. Louis Cardinals. 
Cincinnati losing to the Dodgers, dropping back. And in fifth place, the Chicago Cubs, they are three games back. Temperature right about now is very close to 95. We predicted high between 95 and 100 here today. Now the Mets take the field. The Mets and the Cubs have played six games so far this year with the Cubs winning three, the Mets winning three. Right here at the Polo Grounds, the Cubs have won three of the four plays. Mets have a record of 28 wins and 45 losses with 21 wins here in the Polo Grounds against 18 losses. Mets will conclude their homestand right here with this game today and then go on the road. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. in the backyard. And you know what goes with all of this? Sure. Rheingold Extra Dry Beer. It's the wonderful beer to enjoy on a wonderful day. In fact, Rheingold makes even ordinary days seem wonderful. It's the flavor that does it. The extra refreshing flavor that is Rheingold's alone. And dry tells you why. Rheingold's way of brewing is long, slow, and costly, but it pays off in taste. It gives Rheingold the happiest taste in beer today. Why not find that out for yourself? Next chance you get, open up or order up a fine cold Rheingold. Discover why millions say, my beer is Rheingold the dry beer. Discover why Rheingold is New York's largest selling beer. Well, it's a warm day for baseball, but still not too warm for a fine game. And sitting right next to me, right beside me, a fellow right down to his shirt sleeves and all set to go. We'll bring you the play-by-play as we get to go here, Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Tanner. We were held up for just a moment as umpire and chief Stan Landis had them close both clubhouse doors out in center field. And that job having been accomplished, Ellis Burton steps into the batter's box to lead off. Against the left-hander, Al Jackson. Has a swing and a pop coming back. Could be a play. But it is landing on top of the dugout and going out of play. So it is strike one now to Ellis Burton. Sammy Taylor gave it a run. But could not get to that one. And Burton has swung on the first ball pitch and fouled it off for strike one. Left-hander, Al Jackson. On the mound, Ellis Burton batting from the right-hand side. He's switch hitter. With a batting average of 263, he has one home run and three runs batted in. Jackson's pitch is checked and taken low. It's one and one. 
Burton started to go, but held up. Andre Rogers now on deck for the Chicago Cubs. Lou Klein is the coach at first, and Berlin Rube Walker is the coach around at third for head coach Bob Kennedy. Here's the 1-1 pitch. It's a let-up swung on, full foul on the ground and out of play. Two balls and one strike. The Mets with an infield of Tim Harkness at first base, Ron Hunt at second, Al Moran at short, Charlie Neal at third. Frank Thomas is in left field, Jim Hickman is in center field, and Duke Schneider is in right. The 1-2 pitch swung on and fouled off. Down holds at 1-2. and two. Summer's Day at the Polo Ground. Now Burton stands in with a wide stance. One-two pitch. Let up outside, and it's two-two. Ernie Banks is not in the starting lineup today for the Chicago Cubs. Nothing wrong with him. He's just being given a day's rest. Leo Burke is the first baseman in the Cubs uh, lineup today. Now the 2-2 pitch. Swung on and missed. Strike three. Strike him out. One man out. Nobody on base. Andre Rogers coming up. Rogers is batting 212. He has two home runs and 15 runs batted in. Andre Rogers spent a good part of last evening explaining the game of uh, cricket to Ralph Kiner, and Ralph now is completely versed in uh, the English pastime. I think it's a great game because you can bat as long as you want to bat, and you don't have to run unless you hit the ball far enough to make it. Sounds like a good idea. Here's the pitch in there for a call strike. Andre uh, explained that pretty well to you, did he, Ralph? Well, I got the message that way, but I'm sure it's not that way. <laughs> I've never really understood that game, believe me. There's a pitch low in there on the short hop to Sammy Taylor. It's one and one. Major thing about Rogers is the fact that he never played one game of baseball as we know it before he was signed to a professional contract. Well, that takes faith. That's what that takes. Here's a one-one pitch. It's high. Two and one. the 2-1 pitch. One on and follow. Chop right off the plate. Back out of play. Two and two to Andre Rogers. Top half of the first inning. New York Mets will be going up to Buffalo tomorrow to play Buffalo in an exhibition game tomorrow night. Buffalo is the Mets' top farm club. That game, incidentally, will not be broadcast or telecast. It's an exhibition game being played in Buffalo. Well, the clubhouse door is open again, and uh, someone's standing there looking out. Actually, they're trying to get a little hair is what they're trying to do. But umpire Stan Landis asked uh, Al Foreman, the umpire second, to get that door closed. And it is closed, and it counts two and two to Andre Rogers. Spot 
run outside. Out to a full count now. Yeah, it looks to me as though that little wicket you had down there last night might get the man's way and swinging it into anything coming up there. Well, that wicket has a lot to do with the game. I haven't figured out what, but it does have something to do with it. All right, just a swing and a foul ball back and out of play. It's three and two. Actually, they call that the three stumps, and you knock off a little piece of wood on top of that, and you're out. Oh, is that what you do? I saw you taking that little piece of wood off last night. I thought you asked him how it was made or something. Looks like it could be knocked off pretty easily. How many outs did you get? I don't know. <laughs> Here's a 3-2 pitch, and it's low. Andre Rogers has gone a walk. He goes down to first. One man out, and Billy Williams is coming up. Williams is batting 310 with 10 home runs and 40 runs batted in. Left hand batter. The predicted high temperature today between 95 and 100. Here's a throw to first base. It's not in time. Now Jackson checks his runner and the pitch. Swung on and missed. Strike one. Jackson checks. And the pitch. It's blowing away for a ball. It's one and one. New York Mets will open up in Pittsburgh on Friday night against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they play the Pirates again on Saturday night in Pittsburgh and a single game Sunday afternoon. One-one pitch. Swung on. Shots off foul. One and two now to Billy Williams with Ron Santo on deck. Al Jackson working on the baseball for a moment. Since it was watered down just before the start of the game, but that moisture disappears in a hurry out here today. One-two pitch. Swung on. It's a ground ball towards second. Ron Hunt up with it. He goes to Moran. He's out to throw to first. Not in time. He beats the relay as they got the lead runner. So Williams becomes the base runner as Rogers has been forced from second baseman Ron Hunt to shortstop Al Moran. Two away. And Ron Santo is coming up. Batting 326. Ten home runs and 52 runs batted in. He's having a great season, and Ralph kind of, I know, had him on last night as a guest. Uh, Ralph, what did he say he's doing different this year? He claims the fact that he has put on about 15 pounds, and that's the reason why he's hitting so much better. He's also picked up more confidence, and he also gives credit to the ball club. Club playing better, he's been playing better. All right, here's the pitch, and it's low for ball one. Santo is third in the National League and runs batted in. Henry Aaron leads with 54. Bill White has 53 and Ron Santo 52. He's right up there. No scoring. We're in the top half of the first inning. 
Let's up in there for a call strike. It's one and one. Ron Santo is the number five man in the National League batting race. Roberto Clemente of Pittsburgh is on top. Tommy Davis of the Dodgers, Bill White of the Cards, Dick Gore of the Cards, and Ron Santo of the Chicago Cubs. Here's a throw over, and Billy Williams gets back safely. Here's a pitch. Let's up outside. Two and one. I got a few friends, Ralph, will be pleased to know that somebody has attributed improved performance to added weight. That could be a boon to a lot of my friends. Don't change the whole theory right around. All right, Jackson checks. Here's 2-1 pitch. Swung on, and it's a one-hopper going on past. Hunt and hunting for third now as Billy Williams, as Snyder recovers, plays it back in. Williams pulls up safely at third and on at first. It's Santo with a base hit. Uh, it is scored as a base hit. All of the sign and center still is flashing error. Press box PA is correcting it uh, repeatedly. It scored as a single. Hunt was getting in position to play it on one hop, but uh, he didn't handle that one. It went right on out in the center field. And the Cubs are up uh, making gestures up toward the official scorer's position in the press box. Having seen the E sign, but uh, it's now on the scoreboard as a base hit. Runners at first and third and two men out, and Leo Burke is up. It's ground ball to third, and it's off the glove of Charlie Neal. He recovers, plays the second, not in time, and a run has scored. As Billy Williams crossed the plate. Leo Burke with the ground smash to third. Was squared deep by Charlie Neal. But was not handled, and he did recover and played on to Hunt, but not in time to get Ron Santo. Coming up now is Ken Hub. I'll tell you what the scoring decision is on that, just as soon as it's made. Ken Hub's batting 239. Six homers, 24 runs batted in. Here's a swing and a foul ball coming back, and Taylor's coming after, but he has no play. Leo Burke's ground ball has been scored as an error on Charlie Neal. Which means there is no run batted in there. Ken Hub's up with a strike one count. Runners at first and second. One run in, two men out. Bernard throwing in the mid bullpen. Swinging a little number on the third baseline. Jackson up with it. He'll go to first, and he pulls him off the bag. He's safe, and the bases are loaded. Agnes had to come off the bag to make the play, and the bases are loaded. And the official scorer has charged an error against Harkness at first base. So Jackson... Gets an assist, and Harkness has been charged with the error by the official score. Dick Furtell is coming up now. 
Batting 248, two home runs and eight runs batted in. Cubs lead here by a score of one to nothing. Pitch is low for a ball. Ron Santos, the base runner at third. Leo Burke at second. Chen Hubs at first. And again, the Chicago Cubs are in the dugout, peering up at the position of the official scorer. Official scorer's had a busy first inning. I'll say that for him. Here's a swing and a ground ball. It is deep to Moran. He plays over the hut just in time for the force. That's the only play he had. Side is retired. As that ball was second deep in the hole, and Moran got it over the hunt at second in time to force Hubs. So that in the top of the first, the Cubs got only one run. On one hit, there were two errors and two left. So at the end of a half inning, it's the Cubs won. The Mets coming up. Nothing. What's your idea of a wonderful day? An excursion into the country? A day on the sound? Trip to a lake? Or maybe that long journey into the backyard with your portable radio, and this is a good day for that. No matter which, any day becomes a little bit more wonderful when you have refreshing Rheingold beer on hand. Yes, sir, Rheingold is something special when it comes to beer, and dry tells you why. Rheingold's way of brewing is long, slow, and costly, but you can measure the difference in taste. Rheingold is beer as beer should taste, brisk and bright and clean clear through. And isn't that the way you want your beer to be? Well, sure it is. So make Rheingold your beer. Join the millions who say, my beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Find out for yourself why Rheingold is New York's largest selling beer. Matter of fact, have a glass right now. First nine, Jim Hickman will be up to lead off for the New York Mets. He'll be followed by Ron Hunt and Duke Snyder. Bob Buell on the mound has won six games and lost five thus far this season. Leo Burke is at first base, Ken Hubbs at second. Andre Rogers at short and Ron Santo at third. Billy Williams in left, Nelson Matthews in center, Ellis Burton in right. Here's the pitch swung on and fouled off for strike one. Bob Buell is 34 years of age. He is 6'2", 190-pounder from Saginaw, Michigan. His record against the Mets this season, no victories and one loss. His lifetime record against the Mets, one victory and two losses. Swing and a foul ball on the ground, out of play. Two strike count to Hickman. He's batting 232. Seven home runs and 29 runs batted in. Bob Buell had some great years with the Milwaukee Braves before being traded to the Chicago Cubs. Playing a ground ball, Sanzo on a big hop, knocks it down, picks it up, throws on, and in time, he's out. Sanzo moving across in front of shortstop Andre Rogers. Saw the ball come up on a big hop, and he knocked it down and just uh, kept playing it on one dribble right on over the first in time. Ron Hunt coming up, batting 268, four home runs, and 18 runs batted in. The Cubs are leading one to nothing. 
Pitch is swung on there as a ground ball is short. Andre Rogers scoops it up and plays on to Leo Burke. Two away. Duke Snyder coming up now. Duke's batting 225 with 12 home runs and 27 runs batted in. Duke had a home run last night that put the Mets out in front, but uh, they didn't maintain that lead very long. Cubs won last night, four to one. Pitches outside for ball. Blowing away, it's two and zero now to Duke Snyder. Frank Thomas is in the on-deck circle. Here's a swing and a drive to right center. And coming over to backhanded is Ellis Burton for the out. Ellis Burton with a long run over to his right. And he reached across with a backhand stab to Rob Snyder of extra bases. The side is retired. And in the bottom of the first, the Mets got no runs on no hits, no errors, and none left at the end of an inning. It's the Cubs won, the Mets nothing. New York Mets will be opening up at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh on Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. Then they'll continue on over to Chicago. Mets will be in Chicago for the 4th of July doubleheader. And they will come back here on Friday afternoon, July 5th, to meet the Pittsburgh Pirates. Saturday night, July 6th, will be the first Saturday night game of the season at the Polo Grounds. It'll be date night and variety night. There'll be lots of entertainment here. And then Sunday afternoon, July 7th, it'll be the Mets and the Pirates. Pirates, of course, bringing in Roberto Clemente, Bill Mazeroski, Bob Bailey, Don Clendenon, Bob Friend, Roy Face, and company. Tickets are now on sale for that series at the Mets ticket locations. Grand Central Station at the foot of the Vanderbilt Avenue ramp and Pennsylvania Station in the Long Island waiting room. The ticket office here at the Polo Grounds on the 8th Avenue side street level is open seven days a week. You can make ticket reservations at any of the Howard Clothes stores and the mailing address is Ticket Manager, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. Lot seats are 350 each, reserve seats are 250 each, enclosed 25 cents additionally for postage and for handling. In the top of the second, Nelson Matthews is coming up for the Cubs. He's the center fielder. Lefty Al Jackson with the pitch. Swung on as a high fly ball to right center. Hickman is coming across. He's there waiting. Jim Hickman makes the catch. That'll bring up pitcher Bob Buell. Buell this year has been up 43 times and has five base hits. He once went more than 80 times, 89 times, without a base hit. Now Jackson with the pitch. It's in there for a call strike to Bob Buell. There's a swing and a ground ball to the right side. Jackson knocks it down. He'll have to play it now in time, and he does. 
Jackson knocked it down and then had to scramble back a couple of steps to pick up the ball, make the pivot and peg on. But uh, Buell wasn't trying to run it out on a hot day anyway. So it is two away, and Elliot Burton coming up. He's the man who turned in the sparkling catch on Snyder's line drive a moment ago, and he goes back for a towel to give Buell time to get back to the dugout. Incidentally, Tom Watson, a veteran Daily News photographer, in the hospital at Bellevue. Tom, Charlie Hopps, your co-worker, and all the boys uh, along the photographer's row here say, get well quickly. Certainly hope you do. Ellis Burton's been up one time, and he struck out swinging. This pitch is low for ball. The Cubs are leading here by a score of one to nothing. Jackson's pitch outside for a ball. 2-0. Oh. Two men out and nobody on base. Swing and a drive deep to left. It's way back. Going, going. And it is over the rooftop for a home run. It is number two for Burton. Ellis Burton still listened right over the upper deck and on out of sight in left field. The Cubs lead by a score of two to nothing. That brings up Andre Rogers. He's been up one time and he walked. pitch in there for a call strike coming into today's game the New York Mets in 32 home dates had drawn 534,881 paid at the polo grounds there's a let up it's in there for a call strike two is high. One and two to Andre Rogers. Very little wind blowing. The flag's barely stirring here at the Polo Grounds. Here's the one-two pitch. That's up high, and it's two and two. Chicago Cubs started today only three games out of first place in the National League standing. Two-two pitch, a little high, and it's out full. Now it's three and two. Pitch swung on and has a fly ball to right. Down in the corner, Snyder comes fast, can get to it. It bounces up in the stand for a ground rules double. Right down in the right field corner, took one big bounce up into the stands. It is a ground rules double. Snyder could not get to it. He had uh, let up to try to play it off the wall. Hunt was going back. He couldn't get to it. 
So Andre Rogers on with a two-bagger. That brings up Billy Williams, left-hand batter. And up one time and forced Rogers on a ground ball. is up and throwing in the bullpen for the Mets. Here's a swing and a fly ball to center. Hickman is right there. Moves over a couple of steps and makes the catch. So in the top of the second, the Cubs got one run on two hits. No Mets errors and one Cub left. And at the end of an inning and a half, it's the Cubs two and the Mets nothing. Chugamon. Chugamon. What? Chugamon. Chugamon. What? You from Rheingold the Chugamon. No more glasses you have to wash, and no more deposits you have to pay. I can even throw my opener away. Why, sure. Chuggamug is Rheingold's new wide-mouth container with a top that's so easy to open. You just pull the metal tab on top straight out, then straight up, and pull off the top. You drink right from Chuggamug's wide mouth. Inside the same great Rheingold Extra Dry you love in cans, bottles, and on tap. Chuggamug holds the same, costs the same as a 12-ounce can. Chug a mug. No glasses, no openers, no deposits. No foolish. My beer is Rhinegold, the dry beer. Chug a mug is a new way to buy beer. Better get some today. Chug a mug's what you say. What a great way to drink Rhinegold beer. We're going down to the bottom of the second. Before we do, we pause for station identification. 810 in your dial, WGY's connected in New York. Our weather, sunny and warm, the barometer falling. Our present temperature stands right now at 88 degrees at 229. Frank Thomas up to lead off for the Mets in the bottom of the second. Facing right-hander Bob View. Pitch is in there for a call, strike one. And the pitch swung on, line out in center field. It's a base hit for Thomas. Nelson Matthews up with it, plays it back in. Thomas turns and holds with a single to center. And that will bring up Sammy Taylor. Taylor's batting number five in the batting order. He is hitting 320. He's been up 25 times and has eight hits. Six runs batted in. at first. Leo Burke holds against the runner in the pitch. He is high and away for ball one. Sammy Taylor, left-hand batter. Tim Harkness moves up to the on-deck position. Buell checks again. Pitch is low and a bluff throw to first, not made by Dick Bertel. He caught the arm, did not throw. 2-0. with a chant of let's go Mets. Playing a ground ball foul down past Cookie Lavagetto. The Mets coach at third. He 
We have a lot of midget Mets on hand this afternoon. They were arriving by the busload when we came into the ballpark, and they are stretched out in the left field corner here, both lower and upper deck. So if the Mets can get something started, it will likely strike a happy response. Here's 2-1 pitch, swung on, foul back. Counts 2-2. Two and two. Taking his lead at first now. Leo Burke is not holding him on there. At this point. Cubs lead 2-0. Breaking ball swans. The ground ball to second. Hubs has it. He plays over to Rogers. He's out. Sort of first. He's out. A double play. That is double play number 68 for the Chicago Cubs this season. New York Mets have 71. Tim Harkness coming up. Two men out. Nobody on. What better time than right now to order up or open up another Rheingold Extra Dry? It's beer as beer should taste. Pitch to Harkness is low for ball one. Field pitch swung on and missed. One and one. The normal course of events. Bob Buell works extremely fast. He gets the ball and throws it back. Swing and a drive through the corner and right. And this one is off the base of the wall. And he's being chased down by Burton. And he throws on to second so that Harkness has to turn and hold it first. With a long single off the base of the wall in the right field corner. And that will bring up Charlie Neal with two men out. That is the second hit for the Mets off Bob Buell. Neal is batting 233 with three home runs and 18 runs batted in. And that pitch is in there for a call strike to Charlie Neal. ball is short. Andre Rogers has it on a big hop. He plays to Kenny Hubs for the force at second and the side is retired. In the bottom of the second, the New York Mets got no runs on two hits, no errors and one left and at the end of two innings it is the Cubs two and the Mets nothing. Following the break for the All-Star game, which incidentally will be held in Cleveland this year on July 9th, the Mets will be back to open up against the Dodgers. And it'll be Wednesday night, July 10th. And that is a makeup game that was not on the original schedule. So if you have a printed Mets schedule, printed uh, at the start of the season with the official schedule, this game will not be on it because it's a makeup of a game rained out previously. That's Wednesday night, July 10th. The Mets and the Dodgers here. And then they'll be in here on Thursday night, July 11th, Friday night, July 12th, and Saturday afternoon, July 13th, which will be. Family Day and Ladies Day, and there'll be a two-inning father-son game 
preceding the regularly scheduled game between the Mets and the Dodgers. We'd advise you to get your tickets right now for that series. They are on sale. July 10th, 11th, 12th at night, and then the 13th Saturday afternoon. Going to the top of the third, and Ron Santo is up to lead off for the Chicago Cubs. Been up one time in single. He's batting 3.29. We have a delay here for the moment while Gets a little help uh, with the equipment. Apparently, he's doing a little work on his glove. It's Tim Harkness has gone over to help him out. And Al Foreman, the umpire, now comes across to supervise. And he's down on one knee, working on the glove. set to go as Ron Santo steps in. Face left-hander Al Jackson. The Cubs leading here by a score of two to nothing. Pitch is low and inside for ball one. Again, Jackson works. Outside for ball, it's two and zero. The director of athletics of the Cubs, Colonel Bob Whitlow, on hand again today as usual. Here's a swing, a ground ball to third, taken deep by Charlie Neal, wings it across the diamond in time. Sando has grounded out. One away, nobody on, and Leo Burke is coming up. Burke was obtained by the Cubs from the St. Louis Cardinals. He had come to the Cardinals from the Los Angeles Angels. He started his major league career with the Baltimore Orioles. Here's a swing and a foul ball. Colonel Whitlow charts each ball game played by the Cubs. Right seat pitch, so he is usually located directly behind home plate. And he's back there again today, located adjacent to uh, Homer's box. There's a lot of fun on and fouled off. Apparently, Colonel Whitlow was uh, converting a few people down there last night because when we, uh, on the television side, took a shot of Homer, there was a big banner in the crowd that said, Let's go Cubs. And that's a little unusual at Polo Ground. Uh, 
And the pictures outside. Actually, we're in uh, the long, hot summer days, and Colonel Whitlow himself is not actually doing the chart work today. He is having the secretarial work done by an assistant. That is more in line with uh, the way of the military. Here's a one-two pitch, and it's high. Two and two. One man out, nobody on base. Cubs batting top of the third. Jackson lets up high. It's out full now at three and two. Here's a payoff pitch. Swung on, fouled off. He's still alive at three and two. Burke waiting. Here's a swing out, a pop fly to short right. Back pedaling is Ron Hunt. He's out in right field and makes the catch. Two away, nobody on, and Jenny Hubs coming up. Ground ball to third, taken deep by Charlie Neal. The long throw in time, and he's out. So Jackson gets the side out in order in the top of the third. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. In the two and a half innings, that's the polo grounds. It's the Cubs two, the Mets nothing. Now here's another Ryan Go riddle for you. Here's the situation. Runners on first and second, one out. And the batter hits a foul fly towards the third base dugout. Third baseman makes a catch and then falls into the dugout. Now, can the runners advance after the catch or what? Think about it. Ready? Both runners may advance one base since the third baseman being in the dugout was technically off the ball field. You know, we hope you enjoy our Rheingold riddles just as we hope you enjoy Rheingold Extra Dry. Here is a beer that's easy to enjoy. I mean, it's so much more refreshing than other beers. Dry tells you why. Rheingold has a taste that's brisk and bright and clean, clear through. So, enjoy the beer that's easy to get along with glass after glass. Rheingold Extra Drop. In the bottom of the third, Al Moran will be up to lead off for the New York Mets. This is his first time up. Cubs lead here, 2 to nothing. with the pitch, and it's in there for a call strike. So far, the Mets have only two hits off you. They're swinging a foul ball. 
Swung over into the club dugout. Two strike count. Don Landrum fielded the ball just on the steps of the dugout. Pitch is low and away. One ball, two strikes now. As we've mentioned, the Mets move into Pittsburgh this weekend. We'll bring you that entire series on radio and television. Here's a swing on a foul ball back at first. Leo Berg gives it a run, and he makes the play. One away. Coming up now, Al Jackson. Lyle coming up for his first time. He's been up 36 times this year, has seven hits. Jackson was brought in in relief in the second game Sunday when Tracy Stallard, showing signs of tiring, Jackson came in to get the side out and preserve the victory for Tracy Stallard. Here's the pitch outside. 1 and 0. Pitch outside. Two and home. Jim Hickman kneeling on deck. Cubs two, the Mets nothing. In there for a call strike. Two and one. the 2-1 pitch. Low, and it's three balls, one strike to Al Jackson. It's high, and he walked him. That is the first walk issued by Bob Buell as he has walked to Al Jackson. Jim Hickman coming up. I'd like to see Jim give one a ride here to get uh, the Mets back into this ball game. Burke's holding the runner at first. Pitch misses outside, and it's ball one. Bob Buell started the day with a record of six victories, five losses. In there for a call strike to Jim Hickman. Playing a ground ball. Second by Sandro at third. The full pivot to play to second. He's out and the throw to first, not in time. So the relay was beaten by Jim Hickman after he had fourth. Al Jackson at second to play, going from Santo to Hubs. Santo moved to his left, gloved the ball, and then made a complete pivot all the way around before pegging on to Kenny Hubs coming at second. 
The relay to first is a little high, and Jim Hickman beat it. So with two men out, Hickman becomes the base runner at first, and Ron Hunt is coming up. This is a great year for Chicago baseball fans. The White Sox right now are in second place, but in a virtual tie with the Yankees, trading only by percentage points. And the Cubs, although they're in fifth place in the National League standings, are only three games out of first. And that pitch is low for a ball. It's 1-0. Duke Snyder moves out to the on-deck position. There's a swing and a fly ball to center. Nelson Matthews puts the glasses down and makes the catch. So in the bottom of the third, the Mets got no runs, no hits, no errors, and one left. And at the end of three, it's the Cubs two, the Mets nothing. If you follow the New York Mets day in and day out, as so many of you do, you know, of course, that you can do it better with copy of the New York Med yearbook, which has now gone into its third printing of this year. The yearbook has features on Casey Stengel, Shea Stadium, the City of Amherst scoreboard, the coaches, information about the farm teams, statistical and biographical information about all the ball players. And to get your copy, all you have to do is send 50 cents to Mets yearbook, Polo Grounds, New York 39, New York. And if you want to pick up your yearbook in person, they are available at the ticket location in Pennsylvania Station. That's in the Long Island Waiting Room. And at Grand Central Station, that's the foot of the Vanderbilt Avenue ramp. Or you can send in for it, as we said. 50 cents to Med Yearbook, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. We'll be going here to the top of the fourth. We've been held up a little bit because Al Jackson was a base runner in the last inning, and he is taking his time. Coming out here, of course, it's a hot day at the Polo Ground. There is no other afternoon uh, action in the Major League today. Everything is scheduled for tonight. The Pittsburgh Pirates uh, are at home to the Phillies. San Francisco Giants play the Cardinals in St. Louis. The Dodgers play the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. And the Houston Code 45s play the Milwaukee Braves in Milwaukee. The American League, the Yankees are at Chicago, the Cleveland Indians are at Boston, the Washington Senators are at Kansas City, the Detroit Tigers at Minnesota, and the Baltimore Orioles play the Los Angeles Angels in a twi-nighter. Al Jackson still has not come out of the dugout here. Umpire Stan Landis, around the on-deck circle, uh, sort of waiting. Mets are on the field with the exception of Jackson. As we go to the fourth, the Cubs have two runs on three hits and no errors. The Mets have no runs on two hits and two errors. This is the concluding game of this short two-game series. This is the concluding game of this homestand. The New York Mets will go to Buffalo tomorrow and play Buffalo tomorrow night. That game will not be broadcast or telecast. It's an exhibition game between the Mets and their top farm clubs. But uh, they'll move on into Pittsburgh on Friday night, and that one, of course, will be broadcast and televised, as will the entire series in Pittsburgh. Then the Mets will be moving on over to Chicago, play the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field, and they'll stay there through the doubleheader on the 4th of July. That 4th of July doubleheader will be brought to you on radio and television. 
Al Jackson has come out now. He's gone out to the mound to start his warm-up process and all warmed up. And ready to take over here is a fellow who looks remarkably cool on a warm summer's day, but then he's cool, man. Here's Ralph Kiner. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay, and hi there, everybody. You know, Lindsay, this is the kind of a day you can warm up by combing your hair. Al Jackson changed uniforms. That was the reason for his delay, changing top. In the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals are back on top again. They defeated San Francisco 6-5. to They scored five runs in the first inning and then needed a run in the bottom half of the ninth to defeat the Giants. Dodgers defeated Cincinnati last night 4-1. to Sandy Koufax, a winning pitcher over Jim O'Toole. Settled off your five Pittsburgh four last night and Milwaukee four. Houston nothing. Houston has scored one run in their last 66 innings. Now Jackson set to go. His first pitch is low, ball one to Dick Fertel. It'll be Dick Fertel, Nelson Matthews, and Bob Buell against the left-hander. Dick getting to a fourth play his first time up. He's batting 247. And Jackson comes back again. It's high, ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Cubs have two runs on three hits. Mets have no runs and two hits. One of the Cub runs unearned. Now the 2-0 delivery pulled foul right down to the third base coaching box. Berlin Walker jumping over the ball. It's strike one. Two balls and one strike. Bertel, a right-hand batter with two home runs and eight runs batted in. Now Jackson back to work, and the pitch is fouled this time over the top of the coaching box into the stands. And that rounds the count out at two balls and two strikes. No one out here, top of the fourth. the 2-2 delivery is it down the left field line a base hit the ball is off of the wall in the first bounce played there by Thomas the throw in holds Bertel at first base long single by Dick Bertel and Jackson now has given up his fourth base hit in the ball game and the Cubs have a runner at first base with no one out and Nelson Matthews the batter Matthews batting 163 he fight out the center field his first time up Matthews, a right-hand batter, big tall fellow, 6'4", and the first pitch by Jackson is inside tight for ball one, a slider. One ball, no strike. This is Al's second start against the Cubs. He lost his first time out right here in the polo grounds on Memorial Day. Now the 1-0 pitch, deep to center field. Back there is... Jim Hickman, he's by the warning track, now on it, and he makes the catch. Coming back to first base, Dick Bertel. One man out, the batter will be Bob Buell. Buell bounced back to the pitcher his first time up. He is batting 114, five hits and 43 trips, and the five hits, something he's not used to. He went all last year without a base hit. Buell finally got a base hit this year. 
Then he went off his rocker and came up with four more. He's the right-hand batter. Charlie Neal looking for the bun, and the pitch is taken outside, ball one. Buell squaring around, then taking. One ball, no strike. Cubs 2-0 over the Mets. One man out top of the fourth inning. Jackson in the stretch position and now to first base, charging from third. As the throw went to first was Charlie Neal. Bertel at first base, just a short lead and back ahead of the tag. Now Jackson again to first base, again Bertel back. That position again, and the pitch home is bounce foul down the third base side. One ball, one strike. You'll find that most of the managers nowadays do not go all the way with a bunt play. They'll swing around back and forth. One time they will bunt with a runner at first base. Next time they'll hit away, especially... With the third baseman and first baseman charging so strongly. Now at 1-1, the bunt is fouled down toward the first base side. Knocked foul by Sammy Taylor, and the count is 1-2. Returning to first base with one man out is Dick Bertel. The on-deck batter is Ellis Burton, who has a home run in this game, his second of the year. Cubs scored one run in the first, one in the second. We're in the fourth inning right now. And here's a bunt, a good one down toward first base. Picked up by Harkness. He fires the second base in time. And the fourth play is picked up at second base on Dick Fortell. That bunt actually was better than the result. It was bunted out toward first base. But Harkness, even though with a count one and two, charged quickly. Came up throwing and Bertell, who is not fast, was forced at second base. Ball is picked up about 40 feet from home plate. Now Tuman out and Ellis Burton the batter. Burton the switch hitter had a home run over the top of the roof his first time up. His second time up. He struck out his first time up. And the first pitch to Burton is low for ball one. Jackson with a slow change gets the strike. One ball, one strike. Burton batting 225. Burton's been around a while. He started playing ball in the St. Louis Cardinal organization back in 1955. He was picked up from Cleveland this year. 1-1 pitch. Foul high in the air. Back of home plate. The catcher Sammy Taylor there, and he makes the catch to retire the side. In the inning, no runs on one hit. There were no errors, and one man was left on in the score at the end of three and a half innings of play. The Cubs, too. The New York Mets, nothing. Now a word from Cool Cigarettes. Are you thinking of changing to a menthol cigarette? Well, don't make a disappointing change. Make the right change. Come up to Cool. Here's why. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. Refreshing all day through. Be 
your throat as cool comes through for you. You're not smoking cool, cool, cool enough till you come up too cool. Enjoy the extra coolness you feel in your throat when you smoke cool. Enjoy that bright, clear taste all day long. Come up to cool. Cool with the pure white filter or cool without filter. Bottom half of the fourth inning with the Mets coming to bat. They need two to tie, and Bob Buell taking time before coming out to warm up, so we'll use the opportunity to pause for station identification. 810 in your dial, WGY, Schenectady, New York. Our weather is sunny and warm, the barometer falling, our present temperature 88 degrees at 259. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from the Polar Ground. Final game of the homestand, the Cubs on top 2 to nothing. We're in the bottom half of the fourth inning. And leading off for the Mets will be Duke Snyder. He'll be followed by Frank Thomas and Sammy Taylor, so the Mets will be setting up their third, fourth, and fifth batters. On the mound, Bob Buell, he has given up no runs, allowed two hits. Struck out none and walked one. was robbed of an extra base hit his first time up by Burton in right field. One of the real great catches seen here this year. It was a backhand running catch to right center field. And the first pitch now to Duke is outside. A fastball for ball one. Schneider batting 224. Now the right-hander comes back, and there's a deep fly ball to center field. J.C. Nelson Matthews back on the warning track, and he makes the catch. Matthews about three steps back on the warning track, 440 feet away. So Duke has hit the ball well, and two times up, and he is 0 for 2. That'll bring up Frank Thomas. Thomas single to center field his first time up. He's batting 252. Frank hit a slider and just punched the ball right into center field. Here's the first pitch. Slider high, ball one. Cubs two, Mets nothing. One man out, bottom half of the fourth. And the pitch back to Thomas has hit the left field. Coming in, the left fielder. And Bill Williams puts it away. Two men up, two men out. Now Sammy Taylor. Sammy hit into a double play his first time up. The 68th double play pulled off by the Cubs this year. Last year the Cubs set a record for their club in picking up double plays. And the first pitch to Sammy Taylor outside, a fastball for ball one. Taylor batting 308. And the next pitch is a strike call. One ball, one strike. Smokers, cools menthol magic brightens taste. You'll feel extra coolness in your throat. One ball, one strike. And Buell comes back outside for ball two. 
like this, the ball carries exceptionally well. And we've seen some long balls hit. There's a foul ball, the ball off of the front foot of Sammy Taylor. The home run hit by Burton was deep down the left field side on top of the roof. A long home run for a fellow who doesn't hit many home runs. Cubs lead 2-0. Now the 2-2 pitch by Buell hit down the first base. A big hop, and Leo Burke picks it up, trots the first base, and that retires the side. Bob Buell working the fourth inning in fashion. 1-2-3 order, and the score at the end of four. The Cubs 2, the New York Mets nothing. Although action going on in baseball during the daylight hours, all the games scheduled at night. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh, San Francisco at St. Louis, Los Angeles at Cincinnati, Houston at Milwaukee. In the American League, the Yankees play the White Sox. They've lost two in a row there. Cleveland plays Boston, Washington, Kansas City, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Baltimore plays Los Angeles and Twy-Nighter. In the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals on top by one-half game over the Dodgers. In third place, San Francisco, they're one-half game plus a couple of percentage points back of the Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals. Don't forget, the San Francisco Giants will be back in the polo grounds for another series, and, of course, that means plenty of action. Giants return to the polo grounds for their second time this year on Wednesday night, July 17th. They'll also play Thursday night, July the 18th. Two big night games with Willie Mays and company coming into town. Tickets for these games and all the Met games available at three convenient locations downtown at Pennsylvania Station in the Long Island waiting room there. Also Grand Central Station at the foot of the Vanderbilt Avenue ramp. And tickets are on sale seven days a week right here at the Polo Grounds at the advanced reservation window. You may make your ticket reservations at any of the Howard Clothing stores in the New York area. And if you wish, you can mail in for your tickets. Simply write Ticket Manager, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. Box seats are 350, reserve seats 250. And be sure to enclose an additional 25 cents to take care of the mailing charges. Now Al Jackson starts to work here in the fifth inning. And his first pitch to Andre Rogers is swung on a miss for strike one. Rogers has walked, and he has picked up a grounds rules double. Hitting the ball right down the right field line. The ball bouncing into the stands. Rogers batting 215, a right-hand batter. And Jackson back again. This time the fastball is thrown. And the ball is fouled toward the right field side for strike two. Jackson, 27 years of age, from Houston, Texas, and the left-hander now with a two-strike delivery. And it's just high for ball one. Al has won six this year and lost seven. His last out was a win three to one. He also picked up a save in the last series when he came in to protect the game for Tracy Stollard. There's a pitch back to Rogers and a line shot over the top of the second baseman's head. It could go for two. Picked up by Duke Snatter. Here comes the throw, and Rogers ends up at second base with a stand-up double. Hit number five off Al Jackson. That ball was tagged. Ron Hunt at second base tried to jump forward. Couldn't get high enough, and Rogers came up with two. 
No one out, and the batter will be Bill Williams. Williams didn't do a force play his first time up, and he scored the first run of the game when he scored on an error by Charlie Neal. Cubs picked up their second run in the second inning on a home run by Ellis Burton, and that's the way the score stands, 2 to nothing. Williams also flied out, so he is 0 for 2 in the first pitch to the left-hand batters outside for ball one. Williams batting 308. And Jackson comes back with a fastball. A swing and a foul straight back. One ball, one strike. Temperature at 3 p.m., 94 degrees. It's really not too bad because there's not much humidity. Real good hitter's day. Pitchers don't like this kind of weather. One ball, one strike. And the pitch to Williams is taken inside ball two. Andre Rogers at second base with a short lead. Jackson with a look back there. Now back to the plate. And there's a foul ball right off the end of the bat. Ball spinning over toward the third base box seats in the count now. Two balls and two strikes. Williams way out in front of the changeup curve. The on-deck batter, Ron Sando, who has been red hot. No one out. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Williams. It's down the right field line, but it's going to go foul. The ball goes into the upper deck. Williams going for a curveball. The ball was hung inside, and he hit the ball right down the line, but foul by about 15 feet. So the count will remain at two balls and two strikes. Jackson sets. And the pitch back is swung on and missed strike three. And Al Jackson picks up his second strikeout, his first out here in the fifth inning. And the batter coming up is Ron Zeno with a runner at second base. The Cubs lead two to nothing. Singles to right field his first time up, and he has now hit in six consecutive games. He grounded out the third his second time at bat. He has had 15 hits in his last 26 times up. And a slow change of pace is hit off the end of the bat down the short. Al Moran picks it up, throws low in the third, and the ball gets away from Harkness. Going over to third base after the ball got away, Andre Rogers. It'll be charged in there, and Al Moran. Moran came up throwing. He had plenty of time because Santa was not a fast man, but he could get nothing on the ball. The ball hit about 10 feet in front of Tim Harkness at first base and skidded down the ground, and the ball went under Harkness's glove and bounced off his right foot and bounced away. So the air, the third in the ball game by the Mets. 
And the Cubs now threaten again. Runners at first and third. The batter is Leo Burke. Leo was safe in an error his first time up. And on that play, the Cubs scored their first run. He also has popped out, so he is 0 for 2. A right-hand batter. And the first pitch is low for ball one. Mets are playing the infield back looking for a double play. Burke acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals. He started the year with the Los Angeles Angels, was picked up by the Cardinals, and now has moved to the Chicago Cubs. He's batting 196. There's a hard smash through the middle. Scoring from third base is Andre Rogers. Holding at second base, Ron Sano, and the Cubs now lead 3 to nothing. now three runs on six hits and the batter coming into the batter's box is Kenny Hobbs. Larry Bernard's up and throwing for the Mets in the bullpen. He was relieved in the ball game yesterday. Worked the ninth inning. Pitched the three batters. Got them all out. Here's Kenny Hobson. His first pitch is hit deep to left field. Way back there. Thomas is back in the warning track by the bullpen. And he makes the catch. Tagged up now at second base, but not going over is Ron Sano. Sano was halfway down the line. He went back to tag up. Couldn't get back in time. He could have moved over with no trouble at all as Frank Thomas caught the ball right by the bullpen warm-up. Right near the pitcher's mound. And now two men out. Human out, the batter, Dick Bertel. Dick, a right-hand batter, with one hit and two times up. He's batting 251. And the first pitch is fouled down in the dirt in back of the catcher for strike one. Dick Bertel, the catcher for the Chicago Cubs. Now they're motioning down to the Cub bullpen to move four of the players back in the sun off the playing field and into the bullpen area. Boy, the Cubs looking for some shade. You really can't blame them. The Cub bullpen is right in the sun right now. The sun's shining directly into it. And that's why it's a visiting bullpen. Home bullpen in the shade, and that's the way it is in every ballpark. Now the one-strike delivery... To Dick Bertel, a slow curve looked at for strike two. Boy, it's hot out there because that sun beats right on top of the roof of the bullpen and also bounces right off of the wall, and that wall radiating heat. 94 degrees here at the Polo Grounds at 3 o'clock. Cubs lead 3 to nothing in the heat. Mets have two outs. In the fifth inning. Now the pitch back. A fastball hit through the middle. This will score the fourth run. Coming around from second base and scoring is Ron Sano. And holding at second base. On the base hit by Dick Bertel as Leo Burke. 
Cubs now four runs on seven hits. They lead four to nothing, and the batter coming up is Nelson Matthews, the center fielder, and time is now called. Discussion with Al Jackson on the pitching mound, now coming back of home plate. Nelson Matthews, the batter, a right-hand batter, who has flied out to center field the two times he's been up. Runners at first and second base. The Mets with two out. We're in the top of the fifth inning. Matthews now sets and swings and fouls the first pitch off for strike one. Ball fouled over toward the third base coaching box. And now Jackson will work with a new ball. Larry Bernard still throwing in the bullpen for the Mets. In the Mets fifth, when they come to bat, Al Jackson will be the fourth batter in the inning. Mets now trail by four runs. The Cubs with one run in the first, one in the second, two here in the fifth. Nelson Matthews batting at 161. And the one-strike delivery is low for ball one, a fastball. Count even at one ball and one strike. Andre Rogers led off with a double. Then Bill Williams struck out. But Ron Sano was safe in an error. Rogers moving to third base where he scored when Leo Burke singled to center field. And then after Hobbs flied out the deep left, Dick Bertel drove in the second run in this inning. One earned run in. There's a curveball. It's over for strike two to Nelson Matthews. Cubs have four runs, and two of them are unearned. One ball, two strikes. Jackson sets, looks at second base, and comes back to the plate. And there's a swing and a miss for strike three to retire the side. Al Jackson's third strikeout in the game. But in the inning, the Cubs score two runs on three base hits. There was one error, and two men were left on. And the score at the end, a four-and-one-half inning to play. The Cubs four, the New York Mets nothing. Say, smokers, if you tried one of the new menthol cigarettes, only to find that after a pack or two, it began to taste just like your old brand, you're ready to make the right change for cool filter kings. You'll see what we mean when we say... You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. And there's a very good reason why this is so. Only cool gives you rich metal tobaccos and that comes to you free and easy through Cool's Pure White Filter. Refreshing extra coolness you can feel right in your throat. Enjoy that bright, clean taste that stays bright and clean 
every time you light up from the very first cigarette in the morning to your last cigarette at night. Feel that extra coolness in your throat. Come all the way up to cool. Get yourself a carton of cool today. Cool Filter Kings with a pure white filter. Mets need four to tie in the bottom half of the fifth inning. They'll send up Tim Harkness, Charlie Neal, Al Moran as their first three men, and with Larry Bernard warming up still in the bullpen for the Mets, there's a good chance that if one of the three get on, or more, manager Casey Stingle will use a pinch hitter for Al Jackson. Tim Harkness down the batter's box. Tim singled off the wall his first time up. Left hand batter batting at 209. And his first pitch is a curveball for strike one. On the mound for the Cubs, Bob Buell. Bob has given up no runs, allowed only two hits. They both came in the second inning. He has struck out none and walked one. And he comes back with a strike again for strike two. the two-strike delivery, a fastball outside for ball one. One ball, two strikes. Here's the one-two pitch, an overhand curve in the dirt for ball two. Warming up in the bullpen for the Cubs is Glenn Hobby. But you'd have to guess right now through speculation that Glenn is warming up for a starting assignment later on, not in this game. Here's the 2-2 pitch, fouled back into the upper deck for a holding count of two balls and two strikes. Chico Fernandez warming up in the bullpen for the Mets. He might come in the ballgame. Third batter up in this inning, Al Moran. Now again a 2-2, a slider popped up in the infield. Andre Rogers calling. And he makes the catch for out number one. That will bring up Charlie Neal, who hit it to a force play to the shortstop his first time up. Charlie batting 232. And the first pitch by Buell to Neal is high for ball one. Cubs have four runs on seven hits. The Mets have no runs and two hits. And there's a bouncing ball to short. Rogers takes a half hop, a tough chance, fires the first base. Out number two. Rogers comes up throwing. He's got a strong arm, and he fires that ball right off the top. Two men out, and Eddie Cranepool now being sent up to bat for Al Moran. And a left-hand batter. He's batting 203.
with two home runs, ten runs batted in. And the first pitch to Cranepool is a fastball that's right through the heart of the plate for strike one. Mets need four to tie. The Cubs have two out in the bottom half of the fifth. And again the fastball, but this one outside. One ball, one strike. Buell back to work, and a fastball fouled off. Ball bouncing in the dirt. The count moving along to one and two. Mets have a very short road trip. They play three at Pittsburgh and four at Chicago before returning home. Then they open up against Pittsburgh right here. Here's the pitch back to the plate, a fastball low. Two balls and two strikes. They'll play Pittsburgh a Friday afternoon day game, a Saturday evening night game, that's variety night, and a Sunday single game. There's a high pop-up back of home. Dick Burchell has plenty of room, and he makes the catch to retire the side. Another easy inning for Bob Buell. For the second time in a row, he has retired the side in order, and the score at the end of five innings of play. The Cubs four, the New York Mets, nothing. Now let's listen to an old favorite brought up to date. Rhine Gold Extra Dry Beer is the name of my beer. Brisk and bright, refreshing brew. Rhine Gold flavors clean clear through. It's not sweet or bitter. That's why folks consider Rhine Gold is the beer to buy. Dry will tell you why. Here is beer as beer should taste. That's the reason to make haste. Next time you're out shopping in a tavern popping, why not sing out clear and high? Rhine Gold Extra Dry. My beer is Rhine Gold, the dry beer. Think of Rhine Gold whenever you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet. It's the dry flavor treat. Won't you try extra dry Rhine Gold beer? Innings behind us as we move to the top of the sixth inning. In the ball game for the Mets at shortstop, in place of Al Moran, who was taken out for a pinch hitter, is Chico Fernandez. Al Jackson on the mound for the Mets. He has worked through five innings, giving up four runs, two of them earned, allowing seven hits, striking out three, and walking one. And now he'll pose his opposing pitcher, Bob Buell. Buell is 0 for 2 against Al. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter is swung on, strike one. That pitch in the dirt, picked up by Sammy Taylor. The one-strike delivery, again swung on, this one in the strike zone. So the count is 0-2. When he talked to Bob Buell about his 0-4, 80-plus, he gets a little bit indignant. Doesn't like to talk about it. He looks at a fastball outside. One ball, two strikes. The base hit he got to break up the long drop was a high pop-up, and everybody ran after it, and then everybody pulled away. Now at one, two, Buell hits a fly ball to center field. Jim Hickman glides back, turns, and he gloves it. 
So Al has one out in the top of the sixth inning. He trails four to nothing, and the batter will be Ellis Burton, who had a home run in the second inning. His second of the year, and that base hit by Burton, at that point gave the Cubs a two-nothing lead. They added two more in the fifth. Burton batting 268. He's a switch hitter batting from the right-hand side against Al Jackson. And the first pitch is thrown, but time was called, so it does not count. Stan Landis, the home plate umpire, standing with both hands up, and Al threw the pitch without looking. Now time is in. We'll start all over. And a curveball is low for ball one. Mets and Cubs have played six times prior to this game. And it's been a Mexican standoff, both teams winning three games. Next pitch back to the plate is a called strike. One ball, one strike. Right here in the polar grounds, the Cubs have been the top team. They have won three of the four played. The Mets have won two of the two played in Chicago. Slow changeup, a hard swing, a foul ball. Burton was not fooled in the change of pace. He got a big swing on that one. One ball, two strikes. One ball, two strikes. The on-deck batter, Andre Rogers. Jackson back with a slider, and there's a swing and a miss for strike three. And Al Jackson now has four strikeouts. He has two men out here in the sixth inning as the Cubs lead four to nothing, and the batter will be Andre Rogers, who has two doubles and two times up. Also a walk to go along. Rogers with a grounds rule double to right field his second time up, and a double to right center his third. He walked his first time up. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter is taken for strike one. Rogers batting 218. Jackson back high with a fastball. One ball, one strike. Cubs have four runs on seven hits. The Mets have only two hits in the ball game and no runs. Slow change of pace outside. Two balls and one strike. No action in either bullpen as Jackson comes back at 2-1. And he misses outside for ball three. Andre Rogers now checking the signs, looking for the hit sign at 3-1. The on-deck batter is Billy Williams. He'll be given the hit sign. you got to bet on that. Two men out. They'll want him to go all out. And he takes for ball four, and that puts a runner on at first base with two out. The second walk issued by Al Jackson in the game. And coming up now, Bill Williams, who is 0 for 3 in the game. Williams batting 307, left-hand batter. He struck out his last time up. 
There's a bouncing ball that goes off to the right side. Foul for strike one. Williams last year missed inning 300 by two points. He batted 298. the first base but Rogers with a short lead back way ahead of the tag Cubs four Mets nothing two out top of the sixth and a slow change up to Williams has popped up the shortstop Chico Fernandez has plenty of room and he makes the catch to retire the side in the inning no runs no hits there were no Met errors one walk and one man left on and the score at the end of five and one half innings of play the Cubs four New York Mets, nothing. You know, the New York area has just about everything. It's the most wonderful place in the world. Yes, you name it. And New York has got it. Parks, beaches, baseball, football, golf, lakes, amusements. People in New York have a lot to choose from. And that goes for beers, too. I think it's really something that, of all the brands of beer available, New Yorkers have made... Rheingold Extra Dry, their favorite. That's quite a tribute to the quality of Rheingold. Rheingold is brewed of the very choicest ingredients. Brewed the long, slow, costly way. The Extra Dry way. And Extra Dry tells you why Rheingold is so wonderful. So much more refreshing. It's beer as beer should taste. Brisk and bright and clean, clear through. Why not enjoy the extra refreshment of Rheingold Extra Dry Beer? Join all the millions who say, My beer? It's Rheingold the Dry Beer. All set to go here, and we'll pause for a second for station identification. 810 in your dial, WGY Schenectady. The time, 332. Our temperature stands right now at 89 degrees. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from the photo grounds. The Mets coming to bat. They need four to tie. And they are sending up Cliff Cook to bat for Al Jackson. Larry Bernard warming up in the bullpen for the Mets. It'll be Cliff Cook, Jim Hickman, and Ron Hunt against Bob Buell. And the first pitch is a slider. And Cook was way out in front as he swings and misses for strike one. Cliff batting 151. He has two home runs and eight runs batted in. Buell back, and this time he misses with a slider. One ball, one strike. And now Buell with another pitch. The ball hit down to short. A backhand stab by the shortstop, Rogers. He comes up throwing and gets his man. That was one of those now-you-see-it-now-you-don't plays. Rogers went over in the hole. He had a half-hop to pick up. He kind of swiped at it. And came up with it, backhanded, one-handed, and then threw to first base for the out. And now, one of the Cub players in the dugout, Don Landrum, giving the sign as though he were a bullfighter, because that's just about the way that Rogers played the ball. It was a swing and a pass, like a bullfighter passing a cow, or I should say a bull on by. Could have been a cow, the way he played it. Here's the first pitch now to Jim Hickman. It's outside for ball one. Buell comes back and misses again for ball two. Well, that play you can't play any other way. It was either do or die, and Andre Rogers did it.
Now the pitch to Hickman fouled off. And the count is one ball and two strikes. Correction on that, make it two balls and one strike. Bill back to work with a new ball, and there's a check on the swing, but not in time. He went too far. Two and two. Hickman looks at another pitch for a called strike three. That is the first strikeout by Bob Buell in the game. He has given up only two hits. The Cubs lead four to nothing. And now with two out, he'll pitch to Ron Hunt. Ron is 0 for 2. He has grounded out the short and flight out to center field. He's now batting 266. half of the sixth inning, two men out. The batter, Ron Hunt. The on-deck man is Duke Snyder. And Buell misses low outside with his first pitch for ball one. Buell is making his second appearance against the Mets. He lost his first time out, two to nothing. There's a fly ball hit the shallow left field. Charging is Billy Williams. He has to hurry. He can't get to it. Ball drops in, and Ron Hunt has a base hit. The third base hit off Bob Buell. That'll bring up Duke Snyder. Duke has hit the ball exceptionally well, but he has no hits. He was robbed with a brilliant catch by Burton in right field his first time up. One of the best catches you'll ever see. Then he flied out to deep center field his second time up. The ball caught 440 feet away. And the first pitch to Duke is taking a call strike. Bob Buell with a change of pace. Snyder batting 223 with 12 home runs, 27 runs batted in. Mets now with a chance to get back in the ball game. They need four to tie. One strike pitch outside. And the count now even at one ball, one strike. Buell now back to Snyder. There's a high pop-up down the third base side. A tough chance for Sano. He's going way back in the well, and he can't get to it. Down moves up to one and two, returning back to first base. After moving all the way to third is Ron Hunt. hit by Ron Hunt here in this inning, the sixth. The first hit off Bob Buell since the Mets picked up their only other two hits in the second inning. Cubs have seven base hits to go with their four runs. Here's the one-two delivery to Duke and it's fouled down in the dirt. deck batter Frank Thomas picking the ball up and throwing it back to the umpire Stan Landis. One ball, two strikes. Two men out. Bill sets. Comes back with a fastball. It's hit hard down the first. A high hop over the top of Leo Burke's head. 
Hunter's going to go for two. Hunter's rounding third base. He is coming on in, and the Mets have scored their first run. a hard ground ball down to first base and at the last moment the ball took a high hop and bounded over the top of the glove of Leo Burke at first base. Ball then went on out off of the wall played there by Burton and scoring from first base on the two base hit by Duke Snyder was Ron Hunt. The score now 4-1 to one in favor of the Cubs and the batters Frank Thomas and his first pitch is hit to left field it's got to go it's long gone a home run with a long home run that went over the roof right down the left field line. And the Mets are back in the ball game. The score, 4-3 to three in favor of the Cubs. And warming up in the bullpen for the Cubs is John Elston out to the mound. Now is Bob Kennedy, the acting manager of the Chicago Cubs. Well, the Mets are bouncing back on some fine hitting by Duke Snyder and Frank Thomas. Say, do you know why Rheingold tastes so good? Wild Dry tells you why. It tells you that Rheingold Extra Dry has brewed the long, slow, costlier way for a flavor that's brisk and bright and clean clear through. Enjoy some. Bob Kennedy now back to the dugout. Bob Buell still in the ballgame. The Mets have scored three in the bottom half of the sixth inning. And now the tie run comes to the plate. It's Sammy Taylor. Two men out. And the first pitch to Taylor is fouled out in the dirt for strike one. The home run by Frank Thomas is fifth this year. And he has driven in now 22 runs. One strike delivery by Buell to Taylor is outside, a fastball. One ball, one strike. And Taylor takes outside again. Two balls and one strike. Also throwing with Don Elston in the bullpen is Jack Warner. Two right-handers. The Mets exploding for three runs in the bottom half of the sixth inning with two men out. Now have moved up to where they're only one run behind. Pitch back to Taylor outside. Ball three. Three balls and one strike. The on-deck batter, Tim Harkness. Here's the 3-1 delivery. Fastball deep to right field. Way back there is Burton, but he has room, and he makes the catch. 
Ball caught right in front of the bullpen, about 420 feet away. And that retires the side. In the inning, though, the Mets score three runs. On three base hits, there were no errors and no one left on. And the Mets now taking the field get a fine hand. But the score in favor of the Cubs now by only one run. They lead four to three. Well, even though there's a lot of variety out here at the Polar Ground, just about every game that's played, the Mets have scheduled a special variety night. And it's also date night on Saturday night, July 6th. Saturday night, the first night game scheduled on Saturday this year. There'll be plenty of entertainment. It'll start at 6.30. You'll see Chubby Checker, D.D. Sharp, the Earls. They'll be out here to entertain. And the good guys from WABC, Sam Holman, Dan Ingram, Charlie Greer, Herb Oscar Anderson, Scott Muni, Bob Dayton, Bruce Merle, and Bob Lewis. They'll all be here to entertain you variety night, Saturday night, July the 6th. Well, that sounds like a real big night, and on that night, the Mets will be playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. They return home from their very brief road trip Friday afternoon, July 5th. They'll play an afternoon game, game time at 2 o'clock, play Saturday night, July 6th, game time at 8 o'clock, and they'll play a single game on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right after that, the all-star break, and... Then the big series with the Los Angeles Dodgers starting July 10th, a night game that is not on your schedule. That game, a makeup game from Arena. A night game July 11th with the Dodgers. A night game July 12th with the Dodgers. And a ladies' day game July 13th with the Dodgers. Better make your reservations early. Now we have Larry Bernard in the ball game for the Mets. Al Jackson going out. Al pitched a total of six innings, gave up four runs, two of them earned. He allowed seven hits, struck out four, and walked two. Bernard has a record of two wins and two losses. He worked last night, worked one inning in perfect style. His first man will be Ron Sano, and the first pitch is a called strike. Bernard's back with an overhand curveball. There's a deep fly ball to right center field. Coming over Duke Snyder, and he makes the catch. Sando is out. He has one hit and four trips up. He has hit in six consecutive games now for the Cubs. And with a score of four to three in favor of Chicago, the batter will be Leo Burke. Leo, a right-hand batter with one hit and three times up. And the first pitch to Burke is over. A called strike. Paul Tolt, a right-hander now throwing for the Cubs in the bullpen. Bernard back and inside. One ball, one strike. This is Larry's 23rd appearance. And an overhand curve is fouled down in the dirt. One ball, two strikes. Larry has not started the game this year. All 23 of his appearances in relief.
One ball, two strikes. Bernard back with a fastball, and it's fouled off of the hands out of play. The 23 appearances by Larry Bernard ties McKenzie for the most appearances so far this year by a Met player. McKenzie also picking up his appearances in relief. And now a curveball is looked at a call strike three. Leo Burke made a gesture and dropped the bat with just a little bit of elevation on it, and I think he's been ejected from the ball game. Boy, he just was out of there in a hurry, and now Bob Kennedy is up arguing about the fact that Leo Burke has been ejected. I don't know if you're a Met fan, but that might be a bad break because Ernie Banks is sitting on the bench, and he might be coming in. Ernie having a good home run year for the Chicago Cubs. He has hit 15 home runs. Burke has, so far this year, hit only one. Now Ernie Banks coming in from the bullpen, and he's on the bench, and he'll be in the ballgame. Leo Burke has been ejected. Wonder what side the umpire's on. That's the worst sort of break you can get, believe me. Now Burke going out to center field to the clubhouse, and as he moves on by the umpire, Stan Landis, he has a couple more words to say. He also stops to chat with third base umpire, Tim Gorman. Cubs lead 4-3, to three, plenty of excitement left. Two men out here in the top of the seventh. The batter coming in now is Kenny Huff. is 0 for 3. Here's Larry Bernard with his first pitch to the right-hand batter. Slider hit down to the shortstop, Chico Fernandez. He comes up throwing and gets his hand. So the Mets bounce right back in this game. They trail by only one now, and in the top of the seventh inning for the Cubs, no runs, no hits, there were no Met errors, and no one left on. And the score after six and one-half innings of play, the Cubs four, the New York Mets three. Well, here it is, the seventh inning stretch. You know what that calls for, Lindsay? Yes, sir, I certainly do. That calls for fine, cold Rheingold. Rheingold extra dry beer. But really, Lindsay, you know, any time, any nice time calls for Rheingold. Makes any wonderful day just a little bit more wonderful. But then that figures. Because Rheingold is the dry beer. Yes, two little words, extra dry, tells you why Rheingold is the happy choice of millions. Extra dry tells you Rheingold is brewed the long, slow, costlier way to taste brisk and bright and clean, clear through. Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. And that's why millions say, my beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. So why not join them? Enjoy a tar, refreshing glass of Rheingold as we bring you more of the baseball action. We have changes on the field, and to tell you all about them, here's Ralph Kiner. Well, you know, Lindsay, uh, there's a little more truth than poetry on a day like this about that Rheingold. Uh, temperature out here, 94 degrees. It's real Rheingold weather. Now coming in the ball game for the Chicago Cubs in place of uh, Bob Buell is Don Elston. 
Buell going out to the clubhouse in center field. He has worked six innings, and right now he's the pitcher record on the winning side. Bob has given up three runs while allowing five hits. He struck out one and walked one in his six-inning tenure. Ernie Banks in the game in place of Leo Burke, who was ejected from the game. Ernie playing at first base. For the Mets, it will be Tim Harkness, Charlie Neal, and Chico Fernandez against the right-hander, Don Elston. This is Don's 25th appearance. He has appeared in all of his games in relief. His record, 3-1. and one. In the batting order, Ernie Banks will bat in the ninth position. Elston will bat in the fifth position. That way, Bob Kennedy will be able to use Banks as the third hitter in the inning coming up in the eighth. Right now, we're all set to go as Don Elson throws his first pitch to Tim Harkness. It's inside for ball one. Elson now back to the play with a changeup. It's pulled down to first base, but foul. Ernie Banks comes up with the ball, moves toward first, but first base umpire Ed Sudol gave the signal it was foul. One ball, one strike. One ball, one strike. Don Elston in place of Bob Buell. And a changeup is high for ball two. In the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. Jack Warner warming up. He's been throwing for quite some time. And Dick LeMay also throwing. LeMay a left-hander, Warner a right-hander. For the Mets, Tracy Stallard throwing. Now the 2-1 pitch, hit the left field. Billy Williams puts the glasses down, moves to his left, halts and makes the catch. And with one out, the batter will be Charlie Neal. Charlie is 0 for 2 in the game. He hit into a force play in the second inning, then grounded out to short. In the fifth, Charlie, a right-hand batter, batting 231. Mets trail by one run, and the first pitch is hit to left field, high in the air. Williams moving over back of the facade, and he makes the catch and just caught the ball before he lost it in the sun. Williams losing the ball in the sun, and at the last minute, he caught the ball as he fell away from it, and he caught it by the wall. That ball couldn't have missed the facade of the upper deck by more than just a fraction of an inch or two. Johnny Neal just missing a home run. Now the batter will be Chico Fernandez batting for the first time. Chico batting 2-11 in the ball game in place of Al Moran. He has one home run and five runs batted in. Cubs have four runs on seven hits. The Mets have three runs and five hits. And the first pitch to Chico is a called strike in the outside corner. Eight, 
Paid attendance right here today, 8,183. There's a curve in the dirt that gets by the catcher. One ball, one strike. Along with the service and working press of 889 and 9,000 midget Mets, the total attendance, 18,072. And the pitch back to Fernandez. Swung on a miss for strike two. Mets now have drawn a total of 543,064 paid here in the ballpark in 33 openings. One ball, two strikes. Don Elston to Chico Fernandez. And a fastball is looked at called strike three to retire the side. So Don Elston in his first inning works perfectly. One, two, three. And the score at the end of seven innings of play. The Cubs four. The New York Mets three. This is the only game being played in the daylight. All the other games in the major leagues scheduled at night. Philadelphia will play Pittsburgh in a night game. And Pittsburgh will open up here in the polo grounds when the Mets return home from their very brief road trip. Mets will play Philadelphia on July 5th. A day game, that's Friday afternoon, game time at 2 o'clock. Philadelphia, I should say, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will be here on Friday, July 5th. Saturday night, July 6th. And they'll play a single game on Sunday, July 7th. San Francisco scheduled at St. Louis. Los Angeles at Cincinnati. Houston at Milwaukee to complete the National League schedule. In the American League, the Yankees play the Chicago White Sox in the night game. Cleveland at Boston. Washington at Kansas City. Detroit at Minnesota. And Baltimore will play a twi-nighter at Los Angeles. That's the National League and American League schedule. Don't forget that tickets are available for all our games at three convenient locations, downtown at Pennsylvania Station and Grand Central Station. Also at the advanced reservation window here at the Polar Grounds. That window opens seven days a week. And ticket reservations may be made at any of the Howard clothing stores in the New York area. Well, we've had seven innings of exciting baseball, and now as we move to the top of the eighth, once again, Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Kiner, and it's going to be Dick Bertell up to lead off for the Chicago Cubs, facing Larry Bernard, who came on in relief of Al Jackson after Al had worked six innings, in which he allowed four runs on seven hits. Struck out four and walked two. Bertell is a right-hand batter. He is two for three in this ball game this afternoon. Larry Benarth into the motion, and the pitch is in there for a call strike. Ralph kind of told you that Charlie Neal missed a home run by inches with a high fly ball to left that Billy Williams actually lost in the sun at the last moment. Pitch to Bertel, and he tries to bunt it, fouls it off instead. Two-strike count. When Williams came in, both Tom Gorman and Stan Landis, the umpires working today, stopped Billy Williams to ask him about that, and Williams indicated to him that it, as it came down, he lost it in the sun. And he also indicated, uh, apparently telling him that it missed just by inches of hitting the overhanging upper deck, and if it does touch, it's a home run. Here's a swing and a ground ball to third. Charlie Neal on a big hop up with it, plays it on across over to Harkness in time, and he's out. One away, and Nelson Matthews is coming up. He's the center fielder. He's been up three times today without a hit. The Cubs are leading here by a score of four to three.
Nelson Matthews, the young man who broke in last September with a grand slam home run at that time on behalf of the Cubs. This year he has four homers and ten runs right it in. Here's a swing and a high pop to the right side. Second baseman, Ron Hutt, is waiting. He makes the catch. He was shading his eyes from the sun with a gloved hand. Two away. Ernie Banks coming up. Banks batting number nine in head coach Bob Kennedy's batting order. This is the first time up for Banks. He is batting 242 with 15 home runs and 42 runs batted in. Benarth works the pitch. Swung on, a little number, back to the mound, off the end of the bat. It's second by Benarth. He lobs over to Harkness. And Benarth again has retired the side in order. In the top of the eighth, the Cubs got no runs on no hits, no errors, and none left. The end of seven and a half innings, it's the Cubs four, the Mets three, and now a word from Cool Cigarette. If your cigarette tastes hot. If your cigarette tastes dry. You're not smoking cool enough. And here's, here's the, the reason, reason why. why. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough. Unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. Cool's menthol magic brightens taste. Refreshing all day through. Feel extra coolness in your throat as cool comes through for you. You're not smoking cool. Cool. Cool enough till you come up to cool. Enjoy the extra coolness you feel in your throat when you smoke cool. Enjoy that bright, clear taste all day long. Come up to cool with the pure white filter or cool without filter. Going to the bottom of the eighth, the Mets still trail by one run. So manager Casey Stengel is making a move. He is sending up Choo Choo Coleman to bat for Larry Bernard. Man working in the bullpen right now is Tracy Stallard. As Casey's got to go to the bench, try to get a little punch here to get something started because the Mets still trail by one. Bernard's been spectacular in relief. He has faced only six men and he has retired the six in a row. But he is out of the ball game now and Choo Choo Coleman is the batter. Don Elston with the pitch and it's outside to Chooch for ball one. The crowd is trying to lend a little support with a chant of Let's Go Mets. Don Elston working in relief of Bob Buell. Pitch is fired high for ball. It's 2-0. Buell works six innings, which he allowed three runs on five hits. He struck out one and he walked one. Jim Hickman is on deck for the Mets. Here's Elston's 2-0 offering. That ball low and away for a ball, and it's 3 and 0. Coleman looks down now to Cookie Lavagetta, the coach at third base. The fine man. Find out what he does on 3 and 0. And the pitch is in there for a call side. He was taken all the way at 3 and 1. Coleman again looks down. Get his sign from Lavagetta. Starts the motion. 
swing and a ground ball foul. Down past Salim is to coach it first. It's a full count now to Choo Choo Coleman. We're the Mets batting in the bottom half of the eighth inning. After having been four runs back, the Mets came on to get three in the bottom of the sixth to get right back in the ball game. Here is a payoff pitch. It is tightly walking for ball four. Bob Buell walked only one during his tenure in the ball game, and this is the first walk issued by Don Elston. Jim Hickman is coming up, and now Ernie Banks comes over to check with Elston. Signal over to Ron Santo as the Cubs must protect against the possibility of a sacrifice in this situation, since the Mets are only one run back. Jim Hickman looking down to Cookie Lavagetto. Coleman on the bases has good speed. Now Hickman settles himself into the batter's box. Elston comes set. Here's the pitch. And it's in there for a call strike. He was not square at the butt. At first base, Ernie Banks was charging defensively. Hickman looks down to Cookie again. Coleman takes his lead at first base. Pitch. It's a pitch out. Jim Hickman was squared the bunt. And a pitch out. It's one and one. Elston is up and set. Stepped off the rubber. Ernie Banks had moved a couple of steps in. Coleman had taken a lead. Elston starts all over. He's up and set. Goes over. Not in time as Choo-Choo Coleman gets back safely. The count to Hickman at the plate is one ball and one strike. Bob is looking into the dugout to get Casey Single sign. Now he has it, and he's relaying it on to Jim Hickman. And the pitch. It's low for ball. He was not squared to bunt. And here's a throw to first, and Coleman is back safely sliding it on a close play. And right now, we pause for station identification. 810 in your dial, WGY is connected in New York. Now, four minutes past four o'clock, our temperature 89 degrees. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy at the Polo Grounds in New York. Choo-choo Coleman almost hung up down at first, had to slide back in. Hickman waits for the 2-1 pitch. Coleman's running. Here's a swing and a foul ball back and out of play. Runs the count to 2-2. Two, two. They had Choo-choo Coleman moving on the pitch. Official temperature is now 95 degrees in New York. He's running again. Here's a swing and a foul ball. He 
drug off a couple of steps and then held up, actually. Bluffed the start. As Hickman drilled it foul on the ground, down past Cookie Lava, just the coach at third. Two and two, the count to Jim Hickman. Nobody out. Coleman takes his lead, Banks holding him on. Breaking ball swung on and popped up to the right side. Ernie Banks near the bag weight. Makes the catch. Coleman standing on the bag at first base. So Hickman has popped out. And that brings up Ron Hunt. One man out and the runner at first. The Cubs leading here by a score of four to three. Ron Hunt. Single down the bottom of the sixth and scored the first Met run of the day. With Bernard out of the ballgame, Tracy Stallard continues to throw in the Met bullpen. Pitch out. Ball on to Ron Hunt. Nothing was on. Cubs figuring that Casey just might be playing hit and run on the first pitch. Hunt's looking down to the Jetta. Now he's in and waiting. Bowman leads. That pitch is in there for a call strike. As Coleman again bluffed the strike, does for a couple of steps and held up. One and one to Ron Hutt. The Cubs four and the Mets three. But the Mets trying to push Choo-Choo Coleman along here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Again, Don Elston. With the pitch. It's outside for ball and it's two and one. Duke Snyder is kneeling on deck for the Mets. Hunt getting settled back in the batter's box. Off the bag at first. Here's a throw over. Coleman gets back safely. Ernie Banks playing the bag there. Ball back and out of play. Playing hit and run on the 3-1 pitch. It'll bring Choo-Choo back. 
Hodge count out full out three and two to Ron Hodge. Not in time. Dan Elston set to work. Throws over. Coleman gets back safely. I'm going to keep a short holder on Coleman, figuring that he might be running on this 2 pitch one man out. Now the three two pitch and it's a swing and a foul tip back into the glove of Bert Kelly strikes out. So Ron Hunt is a strikeout victim two away and Duke Knight is coming up. And Bob Kennedy has come out of the dugout and he's coming out to the mound now. He is left-hander Dick LeMay warming up out there. Recently recalled from Atlanta. And Kennedy is going to make a pitching change here of some kind. There's to be a right in who is bringing in here. LeMay remains in the bullpen, and it's Lindy McDaniel who is walking in. The Cubs are leading by a score of 4 3. As 2-2 Coleman was moved from first to second on the bat. Snyder leaning on the bat outside the batter's box. Lindy McDaniel warms up. McDaniel and Larry Jackson came to the Chicago Cubs from the St. Louis Cardinals change for George Altman and Don Cardwell, and then Cardwell and infielder Julio Gautier will promptly trade it over to the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for shortstop Dick Gross. McDaniel's making his 23rd appearance of this season. In relief, he has a record of four victories and two losses. Last time out, he faced one inning against the Pittsburgh Pirates, which he allowed no runs on no hits. Duke Snyder, a left-hand batter. For the Mets, it's up to the Duke. That pitch is outside for a ball. Snyder doubled the driver in the first net run in the bottom half of the sixth inning. And he slammed one by Leo Burke, first baseman. Hard smash ground ball. That continued on down to the right field corner and the line up to score from first base. Daniel is set. Coleman leaves at second. It's just no for ball. It's 2-0 oh now to Snyder. Mike Thomas is waiting on deck for the Mets. He had a two-run homer in the bottom half of the sixth inning. That defense swung around toward right on left-hand batter Duke Snyder. Here's a pitch missing outside. It is now three balls and no strikes. 
the tighter. Duke back in and waiting. Holman takes his lead at second base. This is a 3-0 pitch. It's outside, and Snyder has gone a walk with Mike Thomas coming up now. McDaniel is working very carefully. Bill Snyder. But he's on at first now, and Coleman is second. With Thomas coming around to step in. That's only the third walk that the Mets have drawn today. Buell walked one, Elston walked one, now McDaniel has walked one. Frank Thomas has single, fly to left, and homers. McDaniel is set. It's fun on and miss. Thomas trying to hold up, but it goes to strike one. Shoot Coleman, the base runner at second, Duke Snyder, the base runner at first. And Daniel leans way over to get a sign this time. Runners leading first and second. Pitch is going on, line the left field, it's going to be in there for base hit. Shoot Shoot Coleman, round third, he's coming home, the throw is going to third base, Coleman scores. It's tied 4-4. Mike Thomas with his third base hit of the afternoon has scored Coleman from second. Snyder holding at second, and Thomas is on at first with a run batted in. And Sammy Taylor is coming up. That run is charged against John Elston. Runners at first and second still. Two men out and Sammy Taylor is the batter. Runners lead again at first and second. It's just low for ball one to Sammy Taylor. Sammy is nothing for three today. Although in the sixth inning, he teed off on one to deep right field. Out in the bullpen area where the catch was made by Ellis Burton. Four tied, the Cubs four, the Mets four. Pitch is low for ball. Two and all. The big banner. Hanging over the upper deck, the Cubs die. Here's a 2-0 pitch. Swung on, a little number off the plate to the right side of foul ball. Side of play. And there is a little, uh, actually a teddy bear that is uh, being used to simulate a Cubs hanging now over the banner. Tell you, the Mets fans are coming well equipped these days. Somebody's bed sheet and somebody's teddy bear has gone out to the ballpark for the afternoon. 
Two and one is the count to Sam Taylor at the plate. Lindy McDaniel is set. Checks the runners. Here's the pitch. Swung on and missed. All the way around. It's 2-2. Two, two. Taylor drops the bat. Taylor backs out of the batter's box. Now settles himself back in. Runners lead. 2-2 pitch. Swung on and fouled off. He got a little piece of it to stay alive. If the net. And score another run here. Larry Benares will be the benefactor. That's as far as pitching records are concerned. Now McDaniel with the 2-2 pick. Run on and missed strike three. Struck him out. So Taylor is out swinging. And the side is retired. In the bottom of the eighth, the Mets got one run on one hit. No errors and two left. And at the end of eight, it is the Cubs four or the Mets four. We have a lot of big days and nights coming up at the Polo Grounds. And after the All-Star break, the Los Angeles Dodgers will be coming in. They'll be on on Wednesday night, July 10th, and we call that date to your particular attention because that is a makeup game. It was not on the original schedule. It's the makeup of a game that was rained out earlier this season. So on Wednesday night, July 10th, the Dodgers. On Thursday night, July 11th, the Dodgers. On Friday night, July 12th, the Dodgers. Then on Saturday afternoon, July 13th, the Dodgers again. And that will be Ladies' Day and it will also be Family Day. And uh, we'll have a two-inning uh, father and son game on Family Day preceding the regularly scheduled game. The youngsters will be playing their dads. will be wearing med uniforms with the same number as their dads. Taking part will be Reggie Jackson. You remember Reggie last year. Uh, he was one of the big stars of the ball game. Al Jackson's son. Frank and Peter Thomas will be on hand. Kevin and Kurt Schneider. Mike and Scott Kiner. Brian Murphy. Richie Willie. Wes Hook. Many others. We'd advise you to get tickets uh, early for that series. And that ticket office is uh, open now, of course. The ticket office here at the Polo Grounds on the 8th Avenue side. Street level is open seven days a week. Open six days a week are the Met ticket offices at Grand Central Station and Pennsylvania Station. At Pennsylvania Station, the Met ticket office is in the Long Island waiting room and at Grand Central it's at the foot of the Vanderbilt Avenue ramp. You can order tickets by mail. The address is Ticket Manager, Polo Grounds, New York, 39 New York. Or you can make ticket reservations at any of the Howard Polo stores in the greater New York area. Tracy Stallard is coming to the ball again now to pitch for the New York Mets. Stallard is making his 19th appearance of this season. He has not been uh, in a relief appearance since the 26th day of May at St. Louis when he worked a third of an inning and allowed no runs on no hits. 
Since then, Shallot has been a starter, and his record for the season, three victories and four losses. But he's back in relief here as the Mets have tied it up 4-4. Here is the pitch to Ellis Burton. It is low for a ball. Burton, the switch hitter, is around batting left again now with a right-hander in there for the Mets. Tracy again works the pitch, and it's inside. A little low, and it's 2-0. Carl Willie was sent down to the bullpen area. He is not uh, strong, but he is down there. As the Mets scored a run in the bottom of the eighth to pull even. The Cubs led 4-0 in this ballgame at one point. The pitch is low, and it's out to three balls and no strikes. To Ellis Burton, batting here in the top half of the ninth. Mets have pulled the defense over toward right. That's high and away, ball four, and Ellis Burton has been walked on to open up the top of the ninth for the Cubs. And that will bring up Andre Rogers. Tim Martinich moves over to have a word with Salad as they must now prepare to play. The possibility of the butt here. Carl Willie is now up and throwing in the Mets bullpen along with Ken McKenzie. Tracy Stallard massages the baseball a little bit. Rogers bats number two in the Cub batting order. Charlie Neal is on the edge of the grass at third. Burton moves off. Now here's the pitch. Rogers bunts it down the first baseline. Taken by Harkness, he placed the hunt covering at first in time. The sacrifice has been executed by Rogers, and the play goes three to four if you're scoring, moving Ellis Burton to second base. Now Billy Williams is coming up. Nothing for four today. Sammy Taylor out checking with Tracy Stallard. The Mets four and the Cubs four. is up and set. Pitches way on away. It rolls away from Taylor. He recovers. There's no advance by Ellis Burton at second. Williams at the plate has an up-to-the-minute batting average of 306. Pitch, fastball low, and it's 2-0 and oh now to Williams. Dallas getting his sign again. 
Here's the pitch. Come on, and as a fly ball deep to center, Jim Hickman ranging back. He's there now. Burton is tagged at second. Hickman makes the catch, and Burton tags and moves on to third. Two men out. That will bring up cleanup batter Ron Santo. One for four. Following Santo in the Cub batting order, he is the pitcher. You'll recall that Ernie Banks bats ninth in the batting order. Lindy McDaniel is due up next. Manager Casey Single now is coming out to the mound. Sammy Taylor starts walking out toward the mound. Time is called. The old professor with his lineup cards in his hand. He has Willie and McKenzie in the bullpen. He wants to talk to Taylor and Stallard. Stan Landis moves out to join the conference. Casey Stengel is leaving Stallard in the ballgame and says, right now, why not open up or order up a cold glass of Rheingold Extra Dry? It's beer as beer should taste. As Casey heads back for the dugout in order to allow our stations to identify themselves, we pause for station identification. This is WGY Schenectady, 810 on your dial. The time is now 28 minutes past 4 p.m. With Ralph Cannon and Bob Murphy, and now Ron Santo is going to be intentionally walked, I believe. The result of the conference, with pitcher Lindy McDaniel due up next, Ellis Burton at third base. Now Sammy Taylor apparently is not sure. He had pointed on the first night he looks into the dugout, and now he is going to be intentionally walked. As ball one outside, Ron Santo is being intentionally walked with the pitcher, Lindy McDaniel, due up here next. So let's see what kind of a move head coach Bob Kennedy will make. As ball three outside, Merritt Renew is coming in from the bullpen area. He's a left-hand batter. There's ball four outside, so Santo goes to first base. He is not the man they're worried about. They're worried about Ellis Burton, who's over there on third with two men out. Lindy McDaniel due up. Renew drops the jacket and the glove and reaches for the bat. So Merritt Renew is going to bat for Lindy McDaniel. Dick Flamey is a left-hander. Throwing in the bullpen. For the Chicago Cubs. Merritt Renew is batting 463. He's been a 41,019 hit. Renew has two home runs and eight runs batted in. He came to the Chicago Cubs from the Houston Colt 45. Tracy Stallard continues to stay warm by firing in the tosses to Sammy Taylor. 
Carl Willie and Ken McKenzie continue to throw in the bullpen for the Mets. Earlier this year, Merritt Renew had a fractured jaw. He steps into the batter's box. Tracy Stallard, rubbing up a ball, goes to the rosin bag. It's the Cubs four and the Mets four with the Cubs batting in the top half of the ninth inning. Runners at first and third, two men out. Here's a pitch, and it's low for ball one. Got the breaking ball. deliberately. Runners leading first and third. Pitcher swung on and foul. Back onto the screen and out of play. One and one to count. The New York Mets battle back in the bottom of the eighth to tie this game. Right now, Fernandez is coming in to have a word with Sallard. And they're trying to put down a curb uprising here in the top of the ninth so they can have another shot in the bottom of the ninth. That's trying to pull out a game in which they trail at one point by a score of four to nothing. One-one pitch. Misses high. And it's two balls and one strike. To merit renew. Ken Hubbs is due up next for the Cubs. Two-one offering. Breaking ball swung on. It's a ground ball taken by Harkness. He left the play to Stallard. He does in time, and he's out. Lacey Stallard covering it first as Harkness went to his right to glove the ball. And in the top of the ninth, the Cubs got no run, no hit, no errors. Two left, and at the end of eight and a half innings of play, it's the Mets four and the Cubs four. Well, you know, you heard us say it's beer as beer should say. Think of that for a minute. Isn't that what you want in a beer? But you want a beer that's refreshingly dry to the taste with a flavor that's brisk and bright and clean, clear through? Well, that is Rheingold. Rheingold is brewed to be just that. Brewed of the choicest ingredients. Brewed the long, slow, costly away. Rheingold is everything you look for in beer. And dry tells you why. Yes, extra dry means Rheingold's a better beer. It's a wonderful beer, and extra dry means Rheingold beer is more refreshing. The more refreshing a beer is, the more you're going to enjoy it. So enjoy fine, cold Rheingold beer. Join the millions who have made Rheingold New York's largest selling beer. For the Chicago Cubs, Dick LeMay is coming in to do the pitching. He was recalled by the Cubs from Atlanta, where he had won three and lost three. He had an earned run average of 2.22. This is his 
second relief appearance. He made an appearance on the 22nd of April before he went out at Pittsburgh, which he pitched one in the third innings. He allowed no runs on two hits. So this is his first appearance since he came back. Dick Flamey is a left-hander. Was uh, something of a sensation when he originally came up with the San Francisco Giants. And the New York Mets here in the bottom half of the ninth inning will be sending up Tim Harkness. Face the left-hander. Through eight and a half innings, the Mets have four runs on six hits. The Cubs have four runs on seven hits. LeMay was traded from the Giants to the Colts over the winter and then from the Colts on to the Cubs during the spring training period. Tim Harkness is one for three this afternoon. He is in and waiting. Bottom half of the ninth inning. Scored tied. LeMay into the full windup and the pitch. It's low for a ball. It's sort of a whirlwind delivery he has with uh, a lot of arms, a lot of legs, a lot of feet, and a knee or two. Here's the pitch. It's inside for a ball. It's 2-0. and oh. Charlie Neal is on deck for the Mets. That pitch is low, and it's out to 3-0 and oh now to Tim Harkness. Dick LeMay's delivery is something like a deck chair unfolding. Here's the pitch, and it's a call strike, 3-1. Harkness tried to bluff his way down to first. Three balls and one strike. Jack Warner is up and throwing again to Cub Bullpen. Here's the pitch in there for a call strike, two, and it's a full count now to Harkness. Now we've come to the payoff pitch time. It's on the way. Swung on and has Looper in the center field. And right there is Nelson Matthews to make the catch. So Harkness goes out to center. There's one away and Charlie Neal is coming up. Charlie Neal, who missed the home run by inches to left field and the bottom half of the seventh. Four tied, 4-4 four, four in the bottom of the ninth. Mets trying to pull this one out here to get an even break in the two-game series. May winds and fires. It's fastball in there for a call, strike one. Let's up outside. One and one. Fastball in there for a call strike. Went back to the blazer and it's one and two. Carl Willie is up and throwing again in the bullpen for the Mets. Let up swung on and fouled off. Uh, Charlie Neal chopped it down. Stay alive, it's one and two. Chico Fernandez is on deck. a let up outside two and two 
And 2-2 pitch. Swung on, fouled off. Upstairs and out of play. Count holds 2-2. This is the concluding game of the current homestand. Here's 2-2 pitch. Let up, swung on and fouled off. Charlie got a little piece of it. Count holds at 2-2. Mets will be back here on Friday afternoon, July 5th. The pitch swung on and lined in the center. Nelson Matthews coming straight in, and he makes the catch. O'Neill is lined out the center, two away, and that brings up Fernandez. And now it's up to Chico as far as the Mets' chances of winning here in the bottom of the ninth are concerned. Fernandez has one home run and five runs batted in. Now he pitches in there. Uh, Chico ran his hand down the bat, sort of bluffed the bunt in taking the pitch. It's strike one. Here's a swing on a line shot into left field for a base hit for Fernandez. Williams is up with it, relays it in. Chico turns and holds it first with a single and left. And now, Tracy Charlotte is due up, and let's see what Casey does. He has Rod Keneal at the bat rack. The hot rod is getting the hard hat and uh, selecting the timber, and he'll be up in a moment. The bat's for Charlotte, and Carl Willie is the man warm in the bullpen. Rod Keneal being announced now. Rod Keneal is batting 213. He has five runs batted in. There are two men out. The score is tied. 4-4. Four, four. Right fielder Ellis Burton moves in now. Right hand batter Rod Kinnear waits for the pitch. It is lined into right field for a base hit, and Fernandez is on his way to third. Burton takes it off the wall. He throws it to the center of the infield, and it is taken by LeMay, who is halfway between third and home, backing up, and Kinnear moves on to second. So the Mets have runners at second and third. Two men out, and Jim Hickman coming up. A line drive single to right by Keneal, and he moves to second on the throw-in as Burton simply played the ball off the wall and threw it to the center of the infield, and it came all the way through to Dick LeMay, who was backing up wherever the throw happened to come, and Bob Kennedy is on his way to the mound now. Jack Warner has been throwing in the bullpen, and he's going to go to the bullpen to get the right-hander here to face right-hand batter Jim Hickman. Jack Warner has not made an appearance. For the Chicago Cubs, that's being uh, brought up from Salt Lake City. So the Mets have runners at second and third. Two men out, bottom half of the ninth inning, score tied, 4-4, and Jack Warner's on his way in from the bullpen. Warner at Salt Lake City won two games and lost one. 
We saw a lot of action down there last night uh, in the bullpen, but didn't get into the ball game. This is his first appearance. Well, Jack Warner comes on now in relief of left-hander Dick LeMay. Warner is a right-hander. There are no other games in progress in the major leagues. This the only afternoon game scheduled. All the other action is scheduled for tonight. And that will be Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. San Francisco Giants at St. Louis. The Los Angeles Dodgers at Cincinnati. And the Houston Colts 45s at Milwaukee. In the American League, the New York Yankees are in Chicago tonight to take on the White Sox. Cleveland Indians are in Boston to meet the Red Sox. The Washington Senators are in Kansas City to play the A's. The Detroit Tigers are in Minnesota to play the Twins. And the Baltimore Orioles meet the Los Angeles Angels in a twi-night doubleheader in Los Angeles. Warner is taking his warm-up sausage. He has two left, says umpire Stan Landis behind the plate. He's only allowed five, you'll recall, under this year's National League regulations. And as Ralph Connor has remarked earlier, about all you need to warm up on a day like this is to comb your hair. 95 degrees in New York. Jim Hickman steps in four times without a hit today. Now Dick Bertel, the catcher, comes out to get checked out with Jack Warner. And the fans... Uh, Get the chance started. This is something that Jack Warner hasn't heard before. Jim Hickman in and waiting. Fernandez, the base runner, is third. And Rod Keneal, the base runner, is second. Warner into the full windup. And here's the pitch. It is tipped off as Hickman moved up to push it down the first baseline. And just barely nicked it back into the catcher's glove for strike one. Two men out. And now Fernandez loves to start down the third baseline, and Hickman takes the pitch in there for a call, strike two. Fernandez dug for about a half a dozen steps in the direction of home plate on the pitch. Two strike count to Hickman. Warner has the sign. Works with the windup. Pitch is swung on and foul back out of play. Scott holds it two strikes to Hickman with Ron Hunt on deck. Two men out in the score tied. 4-4 in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Again, the two-strike offering. Swung on and missed. Strike three. Struck him out, and we'll be going into extra innings. So Warner comes in to put out the fire. It's in the bottom of the ninth. The Mets got no runs. On two hits. No errors and two left. And at the end of nine full innings, the score is tied. The Cubs four. The Mets four. 
This is the concluding game of the current homestand. The Mets will be in Buffalo tomorrow night. That is an exhibition game between the Mets and their top farm club. It will not be broadcast or televised. However, the Mets will be opening up in Pittsburgh on Friday night, Saturday night, on Sunday afternoon, and that entire series in Pittsburgh will be carried on both radio and television. The Mets will be coming back here against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Friday afternoon, July 5th, and then the first Saturday night game of the season, and then a Sunday afternoon game. For the New York Mets now, Carl Willie is coming in to pitch. Carl Willie being brought in as Tracy Sallard was removed for the pinch hitter. You'd like to be about the business of getting tickets for future Met games. The advanced ticket window here at the Polo Grounds is open seven days a week. It is at street level on the 8th Avenue side. You're a commuter. Coming in by train to either Grand Central Station or Pennsylvania Station, you can pick up tickets on the way in in the morning or on the way out in the evening because there are convenient ticket locations at each station, each terminal. You can make a ticket reservation at any of the Howard closed stores or you can order your tickets by mail. It's Ticket Manager, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. Right now we go to the top of the 10th and coming up to lead off is Kenny Hubb. And coming in here to carry along is Ralph Kiner. Okay, Lindsay. Kenny Hubbs, who has no hits and four times up, will go against Carl Willie. Carl with a record of six wins and six losses. Right-handed pitcher. This is his second appearance in relief. His first appearance was in relief against Milwaukee at the start of the season. And Carl's first pitch is swung on a miss, strike one. Hubbs, the right-hand batter, batting 236. It'll be Hobbs, Bertel, and Nelson Matthews against Carl Willey. Now Carl with a big windup and back with a curveball. Again a swing, strike two. Carl, the fourth pitcher used by manager Casey Stengel. Al Jackson was the starter. He worked six innings, gave up all four runs. Larry Bernard, another fine performance, going two innings, no runs and no hits. Stollard went one inning, no runs and no hits, and now Carl Willey. Here's the two-strike delivery, a fastball just missing low. One ball, two strikes. For the Cubs, Bob Buell worked six innings. He was charged with three runs. Don Elston, in relief from him, gave up the tying run. After Elston, it was Mindy McDaniel and Dick LeMay, and now Jack Warner in the ballgame. Willie at one, two, a curveball, strike three. Up swinging over the top of the curveball, and that's strikeout. The first for Carl Willie, number six in the game for the Mets, and it brings up Dick Bertel. Dick has two hits and four times up. He has had the last hit in the game for the Cubs. That game in the fifth inning. That drove in the fourth run for Chicago. Bertel, a right-hand batter, batting 254. In the on-deck circle, Lou Brock. He's a left-hand batter. Now the first pitch to Dick Bertel, a curveball, a swing and a miss, strike one. Oh, 
Cubs four, Mets four, one out, top of the tenth inning. Wally back to work with a fastball that's low. One ball, one strike. Cubs scored one run in the first inning, picked up their second run in the second, added two more in the fifth. Mets trailing four nothing in the bottom half of the sixth. Scored three runs, one in the double by Duke Snyder, the other two on a home run by Frank Thomas. They added their time run in the eighth. Now Willie back again, and it's low for ball two. Two balls and one strike. Two balls and one strike. One man out. And the pitch by Carl is a fastball fouled off to the right side. Tim Harkness gives chase, but then gives up as the ball goes in the stand. John now rounds out at two and two. Carl has appeared before the Cubs one other time. He won that game two nothing, and he pitched a fine three hitter. was back on April 24th. Cubs and Mets have played six games so far with each team coming out a winner three times. Now Willie with a new ball. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Bertel. Kirby checks in time. Bertel went way out there but got the bat back and it's called ball three. Everybody in the ballpark looking for a strike call right there except Home plate umpire, Stan Landis. So, full count at three and two. And the pitch by Willie. Fastball hit off of the hands, right back of the pitcher's mound. Tim Harkness coming in. And he makes the catch for out number two. That will bring up pinch hitter Lou Brock batting for Nelson Matthews. Brock, a left-hand batter. Matthews going out, a right-hand batter. Brock, if you recall, is the fellow who hit one into the right center field stands, the only man to ever do so here in the polo grounds. That was last year. This year, he's batting 264 with three home runs and 18 runs batted in. There have been two other balls hit in the center field, one by Joe Adcock, the other by Hank Aaron, but they were on the left center field side of center field. Brock has fine speed, and Charlie Neal shortens up at third base against him. Here's the first pitch of fastball, strike one. Cubs four, Mets four. Two men out, top of the tenth. Beyond deck batter is Ernie Banks. And now Willie with a one-strike delivery. A curveball popped up in foul territory over the third base side. Charlie Neal running for it, but he can't catch up with it. The ball hits in the warning track and bounces into the stand. Ball was not high enough in the air to give Charlie time to get to it. But Carl Willie now is on two to Lou Brock. Willie taking the sign from Sammy Taylor. And now into the windup, and here's the two-strike delivery. Fastball, he got him looking. Strike three. Two strikeouts. 
for Carl Willie in his first inning. And the score now at the end of nine and one half innings of play. The Cubs four. The Mets four. Well, you know, popularity like Rheingold has doesn't just happen. It's a result of millions of people agreeing that Rheingold has what they want in beer. A refreshing difference that they can recognize right off. And two little words tell you what the difference is. The two words, extra dry. Yes, extra dry tells you Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. Brisk and bright and clean, clear through. That's Rheingold beer for you. And it is the beer for you. Rheingold is a better beer because it's the dry beer. It's a wonderful beer for those wonderful days we all like to enjoy. Even the flavor has a sparkle to it. You'll find that out with your very first glass of Rheingold Extra Dry. So, why not do it right now? Join the millions who say, My beer is Rheingold the Dry Beer. Yes, sir. Think of Rheingold whenever you buy beer. Buy some today, tonight, tomorrow, or the first chance you get. Discover the difference that dry makes. Ask for Rheingold Extra Dry Beer. Lou Brock is staying in the ball game. He is playing in right field and moved to center field. Burton, Alice Burton in center field from right field. And in the game, Lou Brock, who was a pinch hitter for the center fielder, Nelson Matthews. On the mound, Jack Warner working his second inning. He came in to pitch to one man, and he got him on a strikeout. That was Jim Hickman. The Mets at that time had runners at second and third, and, of course, the runner at third base would have won the game in the bottom half of the ninth. First man up against Warner will be Ron Hunt. Ron has one hit and four times up. Warner, a right-hander, and his first pitch is a fastball. It's inside for ball one. Cubs have four runs on seven hits. The Mets have four runs and eight. It'll be Ron Hunt, Duke Snyder, and Frank Thomas. All against the right-hander, Jack Warner, who is making his first appearance for the Cubs. Here's the 1-0 delivery. Overhand fastball hit the center field. Moving back as Burton. He turns and he makes the catch. Ball is it well to center field, but not high enough to go far enough, and the Cubs have one out with Duke Snyder coming up. Duke has one hit and three times up. The two times he was put out, he hit the ball well. In the first inning, Burton, while playing right field, made one of the best catches of the year on him. That robbed Duke of at least a double, possibly a triple. And his second time up, Nelson Matthews in center field went back 440 feet away in center field to make a catch. Duke then doubled the right to drive in a run. There's a line drive to center a base hit. Taken on the short hop after one bounce by Burton, and the Mets now have the winning run at first base with one man out and Frank Thomas coming to bat. Frank has driven in three runs. He has had a two-run home run, and his last base hit drove in the time run of the ballgame. Warming up in the bullpen for the Cubs now, in a hurry, is Jim Brewer, a left-hander. Thomas with three hits and four times up, a right-hand batter. Frank is making a big climb to get back up in the 
normal batting position for him. He's now batting 259 after a very slow start. Now we're going to have a pinch runner, Jimmy Pearsaw, coming in to run for Duke Snyder. Saw pinch runner for Duke Snyder, and he'll probably stay in the ballgame defensively if the Mets have to play in the 11th inning. First pitch to Frank Thomas, a curveball outside for ball one. That's the first curve that Jack Warner has thrown since he's come in the ballgame. He is now pitching to his fourth man. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Again, the curve, and it's outside for ball two. No strikes. The score tied at 4-4. Bottom half of the 10th inning. A quick throw to first base. Pearsaw back. No tag made by Ernie Banks. Here's the stretch. And the pitch back to Thomas. Fly ball hit to left field. Billy Wyndham's coming in. Glasses down. He's shading from the sun and he makes the catch for out number two. That will bring up the left-hand batter, Sammy Taylor. Back to first base, Jimmy Pearsaw. While we wait for Taylor to come to bat, we'll pause for station identification. A-10 on the dial, WGY, in Schenectady. One minute before five. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from the Polar Grounds. We're in extra innings now, bottom half of the 10th inning. The Cubs had a 4-0 lead, but the Mets bounced back to score three runs in the sixth. And one run in the eighth to tie it up. And we're in there now at 4-4. Two men out. The batter, Sammy Taylor, with Jimmy Pearsall on at first base. First pitch to Sammy Taylor. A hard swing and a foul ball back in the screen. Sam was going for all it was worth on that one. Pitch up around the shoulders. And Jack Warner now out in front. 0-1. Still throwing in the bullpen is Jim Brewer. Sammy has yet to pick up a base hit in this game. He is 0-4. for 4. That drops his average down to 276. Now the stretch, a look at first base, and the pitch back to Taylor. A hard ground ball down to Ernie Banks. He comes up with the ball, moves to first base, makes the tag of the bag to retire the side. In the inning for the Mets, no runs on one hit. There were no errors, and one man left on. And the score at the end of ten innings of play. The Cubs four runs on seven hits. The Mets have four runs and nine hits. For the eleventh inning, to bring you the play-by-play, once again, Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Kiner. Cookie Lalagetto has just been out warming up the pitcher as the forces of personnel are being depleted here. Duke Snyder is heading for the clubhouse, having been removed for the pinch runner. Pearsall stays in the ball game at center field, and Jim Hickman moves over to right. Shortstop Chico Fernandez has gone for a pair of sunglasses. He has them, and he's on his way back to his position at shortstop. And Ernie Banks is up to lead off for the Chicago Cubs in the top half of the 11th inning. 
facing Carl Willie. Willie looks in to get a sign from Sammy Taylor. Dips into the windup, and here's the pitch to the right-hand batter. A breaking ball high for ball one. Mets four and the Cubs four in the 11th inning. Again, Willie works. Swing and a pop uh, coming over toward the Mets dugout. It's out of play. One and one. This is the eighth extra inning game of the season for the Mets. In extra inning competition, the Mets have won three and lost four. Ernie Banks did not start this ball game. He did not intend to play in the ball game today. He thought he was being given a day's rest. Here's a 1-1 pitch. Breaking ball swung on. Foul ball coming back. Taylor should have a play in front of the dugout of the Cubs, and he makes the catch. So Banks has fouled out to the catcher. There is one away, and Ellis Burton is coming up. Switch hitting leadoff man in the Cub batting order. Comes around to bat from the left-hand side. He had a home run in the second inning. That was at that time the second Cub run. Now Carl Willie again with the wind-up and the pitch. Swung on as a ground ball to first. It is second by Harkness. He gets control, drops it, picks it up, tags the bag, and he's out. Well, that one ran up his arms, off his chest, caught it in his hands, started for the bag, dropped it, picked it up, and made the tag near two away. Any way you make them, they count just the same if you get there in time. Andre Rogers coming up now, right-hand batter. He had a brace of doubles in this ballgame. Leo Burke started the ballgame at first base for the Cubs, and then when he was ejected from arguing a strike call with umpire Stan Landis, Ernie Banks was brought in to play first base. Rogers waiting. Pitches in there for a call strike to the Cubs shortstop. Carl Willie dips into that smooth, fluid motion, and the pitch is low. It's one and one. The Med winning pitchers in Sunday's doubleheader with the Phils were Carl Willie and Tracy Stallard. They both have seen relief duty in this ballgame here today. Breaking ball low, and it's two and one. The 2-1 pitch to Andre Rogers. Swung on and lined into the glove of Hutt. And second base for the out that retires the side. Ron Hutt. And so in the top of the 11th, the Chicago Cubs got no runs on, no hits, no errors, and none left. And at the end of 10 and a half innings, it's the Cubs 4 and the Mets 4. All in. Lou Brock is up with it, throws the second, not in time, and Hartley slides in, although there's no play on him, with a double. It was not hit high enough on the line to get into the stands, and it carried to the wall, and Brock was right over there against the wall to try to play it, and he managed to get it just coming off. And it is a double. 
for Harkness to open up the bottom half of the 11th inning with Charlie Neal coming up, and that calls for a Cub strategy conference now as they have to defend against the possibility of the Mets going to the sacrifice to try to move Harkness on over to third where he could score on a fly ball to the outfield or a number of other ways. Charlie Neal is 0-4 in this ballgame today. And again, Jim Brewer is up and throwing in the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. Bob Kennedy comes out of the dugout. He is called out there by umpire Stan Landis. Landis calls head coach Bob Kennedy out. Talk to him. No indication of what the subject of that uh, conversation is about. Now Landis comes back to assume his position behind the plate. Because you'll have a judge to get his sign. Ron Santo, the third baseman, and on the edge of the grass at third. Banks in on the edge of the grass at first in anticipation of a bunt attempt. Here is the pitch. It's swung on and fouled back under the screen and out of play. No bunt there. Tim Hartney, the base runner at second. As the Mets make a bid here in the bottom half of the 11th with the score tied 4-4. Warner with the pitch. Front on as a foul ball to the right side and out of play. If you happen to be a commuter on your way home driving on some of the highways in and around New York, do be careful. There are Mets fans in some of those cars. And we're in the bottom half of the 11th inning here. Charlie Neal in and waiting. Warner's pitch. Is high and away for a ball. It's one and two. With two strikes on Neal, both Sanjo at third and Banks at first have retreated to normal depth. There is nobody out. Pitcher swung on, foul off to the right side and out of play. The count holds at one and two to Charlie Neal. Chico Fernandez is on deck now for the Mets. The only available pinch hitter that the Mets uh, have, besides pitchers, that they have not used is Norm Sherry. Now Warner with the pitch. High for ball. It's two and two. the pitchers of record in this ballgame. Here's 2-2 two, two pitches high and away, and it's out full now to Charlie Neal. Warner takes off the glove to look around. Mop his brow a little bit. Now he's up on the rubber looking in for his sign. A little rhythmic applause started by the fans here at the polo ground. Harkness leads off the bag at second. Here's the playoff pitch. Swing out and missed. He struck him out. Warner's second strike up since he came in, and that will bring up Chico Fernandez. He's a right-hand batter. 
second. Score tied 4-4. And now with first base open, Fernandez is going to be intentionally walked. They're not worried about Fernandez. The man they're worried about is Harkness at second base. And pitcher Carl Willie is due up next. So they're going to walk Fernandez. It's ball two. He is of no consequence to the Cubs, of course, because Harkness is potential winning run at second base here in the bottom half of the 11th inning. And Norm Sherry is running in from the bullpen now. As Fernandez goes down to first, Norm Sherry is cutting across from the bullpen area, coming in toward the dugout. Taking advantage of this delay, uh, Bertel has gone out to the mound, and so is Ernie Banks. And Sherry is the only man left for the Mets to use as a pinch hitter besides pitchers. Now, Cookie Lavagetta walks uh, out onto the infield grass to talk to Tim Harkness. Sally Hemus, the coach at first, is talking to Fernandez, who is standing on the bag. Norm Sherry is getting a bat. And he is batting for Carl Willie. Norm Sherry is the 19th player to be used by the Mets in this game. So Carl Willie is out of the ball game after having retired six consecutive batters in the 10th and 11th innings. He's faced six and he sets down six. But Casey Singler is making a move to try to win it here in the bottom of the 11th. Going to right-hand batter Norm Sherry. He has Galen Sisko up and throwing in the bullpen. There is one man out. As Sherry comes around. Harkness, the base runner at second. Fernandez, the base runner at first. Norm Sherry is in and waiting. Jack Warner is up and set. Here's the pitch. Swan, it's a little level down the third base line. Santo takes it up the bag. He's out there to throw the first. He's out there. It's a double play and ends the inning. A ground ball taken right out the bag by Santo. In one motion, he steps on the bag, threw on the first to Ernie Banks. And time to get Norm Sherry. It is a double play. And the side is retired. And the bottom of the 11th, the Mets shot. No runs on one hit, no errors, and one left. And at the end of 11 full innings of play, it is the Mets four and the Cubs four. Kelly Williams batting against Galen Sisko. Sisko, the fifth man used by Casey Stengel. Williams in this ball game has been up five times without a base hit. He's a left-hand batter, and the first pitch to him has bounced down the first base a fair ball. Harkness throws to Cisco, covering it first for out number one. So Galen gets one man out on one pitch, and this is Galen Cisco's 21st appearance. He has a record of three wins and six losses this year. Let's go now work to Ron Sano. Ron with a base hit his first time up to continue his consecutive game batting streak. He has hit in six consecutive games. 
In this game, he is one for four. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter by Cisco is a curveball, a strike called. Cannon Cisco is the 20th man used by the Mets. One time before, the Mets used more than 20. That was in the next inning game, too. They used 21. Now Cisco with a one-strike delivery, a fastball low and outside. One ball, one strike. Pitcher is due up next for the Chicago Cubs. Jack Warner. Now a curveball hit right off the end of the bat. Here comes Harkness in. He picks it up and goes over to the line and tags Sandow out as he comes on down the line. Harkness has been a busy man in this ball game. Two men out, both handled by Tim Harkness, and now the batter, Jack Warner. Warner batting for the first time. No one throwing in the bullpen for the Cubs. They had a left-hander down there. Jim Brewer warming up, but he was put down, and Jack Warner's going to bat for himself. The only men the Mets have left on the bench, Roger Craig, who is scheduled to pitch Friday, Tim McKenzie, Jay Hook, and Don Rawl. Four pitchers. Now the pitch to Jack Warner, and it's bounced right back to the mound. A good play by Galen Sisko. He jumps high in the air to take it on one bounce. He throws to first base, and that does it. All the plays handled right at the pitcher's mound and at first base. One, two, three for Galen Sisko, and now the Mets come to bat. In the bottom half of the 12th inning, the score tied four to four. Bottom half of the 12th inning, Jack Warner on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. He's the fifth man used by the Cubs. He came in the ball game in the ninth inning with two outs. The Mets had runners at second and third. The winning run at third base, and Warner struck out Jim Hickman. He worked the 10th inning, giving up one hit to Duke Snyder. Duke was left at first base as Warner picked up Thomas and Sammy Taylor. In the 11th inning, Tim Harkness doubled to start the inning off against Warner, and he was left at second base as Warner got Charlie Neal on the strikeout. And after an intentional pass to Chico Fernandez, he got Norm Sherry, a pinch hitter, to hit into a double play. So now Warner starts here in the 12th inning. He'll be pitching to Jim Hickman. Jim has no base hits and five times up in this game. And here's the first pitch to the right-hand batter. A fastball outside for ball one. Now Warner back to work, and a fastball is swung on for strike one. One ball, one strike. making his first start in the major league. Now the 1-1 delivery, a curveball outside for ball two. He throws hard. He's a solid, solidly built fellow. Five eleven, 190 pounds. And Hickman takes outside for ball three. Three balls and one strike. Warner lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He is 22 years of age. Started pitching in 1958. 1959, he was 13-3 in the minors. There's a fastball at the knees for strike two. 1960, Warner was hampered by a sore arm, and in 1962, he appeared in seven games with the Cubs in April. 
with no record. Now 3-2 to Hickman, and there's a hard drive to the third baseman, Ron Sano. Sano moving to his left, a one-handed for out number one. And with one out, the batter will be Ron Hunt. Ron has one hit and five times up. Score four to four. The Cubs four runs on seven hits. The Mets have four runs and ten hits. The final game of this two-game series. Getting tough to see at home plate now. The shadow extending across in front of a home plate about ten feet out. And of course, this time of day, this time of day, it's right off of the center field scoreboard. Here's the first pitch. It's a curveball. Outside and low for ball one. into the windup and the 1-0 delivery. A fastball low and outside at the knees for strike one. One ball, one strike. And at 1-1, Warner comes back with a curve that's too low. Two balls and one strike. Warner's curveball is a fast-breaking curve. He's sort of a short-arm pitcher, very sneaky fast with his fastball. Two balls and one strike. And a fastball is on the outside corner. That evens the count at two balls and two strikes. Mets in the bottom half of the 12th inning. Their longest game in their brief history, a 15-inning affair with the Philadelphia Phillies. Al Jackson went all the way in that one and lost it. Now 2-2, the pitch is a curveball just outside for a full count of 3-2. The on-deck batter, Jimmy Pearsall, he'll be batting for the first time. Last run of this game came back in the eighth inning. Fastball hit the second base. Kenny Hubbs comes up with it, and he goes to Ernie Banks for the second out in the 12th inning. That will bring up Jimmy Pearsall. Pearsall batting for the first time has one home run and nine RBIs. He is batting 220. And the first pitch to Jim is a fastball high for ball one. back with a fastball. It's on for strike one. One ball, one strike. Cubs four, Mets four. Bottom half of the twelve. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Low for ball two. Porter works in a hurry. He just pumps away. Now Stan Landis the home plate umpire dusting off the right corner of the plate. Two balls and one strike. And the pitch to Jim. Fastball fouled away. So Warner has picked the count up to two balls and two strikes.
Dick Bertel, who has caught all the way, now walking the ball back to the pitcher's mound. A new ball being put in play, and Bertel is rubbing the ball up. Casey just turned in. The Cubs scored a run in the first, a run in the second, and two in the fifth. They led 4-0, but the Mets came back to score three in the sixth, and they tied it up in the eighth inning. No run scored since the bottom half of the eighth inning. Here's the 2-2 pitch, high for ball three. So once again, Jack Warner has gone a full count. As he goes to three and two to Jimmy Pearsall. The on-deck batter is Frank Thomas. Frank has driven in three of the runs of this ball game. He's had a two-run home run, too. And a fastball is high for ball four, and that brings up Frank. Frank singled in the second inning for his first hit. And now Jimmy Pearsall takes off for second base. The throw there to the second baseman, Kenny Hubbs, is in time, and he is out. Jimmy Pearsall trying to catch the Cubs by surprise ends up as the surprise one as he is thrown out. Kenny Hobbs making the play at second base, so Frank Thomas will not get a chance to bat in the 12th inning. He'll work in the 13th. In the inning for the Mets, no runs, no hits, no errors, one walk, and no one left on base. And the score at the end of 12 innings of play, the Cubs four, the Mets four. He wasn't on the rubber, and... Uh... Jimmy Pearsall thought he could get a jump and make it all the way, but he didn't because uh, Warner simply turned and tossed to Kenny Hubbs in plenty of time. So now we're going to the 13th Cisco on the mound for the New York Mets, and Hubbs is at the plate. A right-hand batter, Cisco, into the wind-up in the pitch, and it's in there for a call strike. At one time in this ballgame, the Cubs led by a score of 4 to nothing. Mets tied it up 4-4 to bring it out into extra innings. And the breaking ball just missed high, and it's one and one. Cisco again gets the sign, and the one-one delivery is swung on and fouled off. Strike two. just uh, nicking Sammy Taylor, the foul ball. He is it as far as Met catching is concerned. Choo-Choo Coleman and Norm Sherry both have made pinch hitting appearances. Cisco shakes off a sign, now has the one he wants. The one-two pitch is swung on and missed. Low curveball. Third is a strikeout. Cisco will bring up catcher Dick Purcell. He's two for five in this game. The Mets with four runs on ten hits and the Cubs with four runs on seven hits. Cisco with a pitch swung on. Foul back and out of play. Strike one. Brock is now on deck for the Cubs. As often happens in extra inning ball games, these batting orders are a little bit jumbled. Here's a swing and a miss. Two strikes out to Bertel. The 
The battle is now the batter is now in shadow and the uh, pitcher is still in the bright sunlight. There's a pitch in there for a call strike three. Struck him out. Consecutive strikeout. To Galen Cisco and Lou Brock is coming up. Brock batted for Nelson Matthews in the top of the tenth. And Carl Willie struck him out.
up and set. Or rather, Warner up and set. Here's a swing and a ground ball. It's going to go through for a base hit. Frank Thomas, round second, heads for third. Brock up for the ball. He plays it to second base. Thomas pulls in safely at third, and Tim Harkness is on with the ground single to right. That will bring up Charlie Neal with runners at first and third and one man out. That's the third hit of the afternoon for Tim Harkness. A ground single to right. Off Jack Warner. Charlie Neal has been up five times without a hit today. He had one long fly ball out to left field. He had one line drive to center field. Either one of those duplicated right here in this situation would win the ball game for the New York Mets, as they have. Potential winning run at third base with one man out. Frank Thomas talking things over the Kutsky Lavagetto, the coach's third. And now Stan Landis uh, signals down to Tom Garman to signal down to a group of Mets fans uh, in left field to get the banner off the left field fence, so they just hold it back about a foot. The Chicago Cubs, of course, bring the infield in here, and they're going to put Charlie Neal on. He is being intentionally passed. Charlie Neal is being intentionally passed with Chico Fernandez in the on-deck circle. What they want to do, of course, is set up to play at every base here. That is ball three to Charlie Neal being intentionally walked. Warner is set, and here is ball four. So Neal goes down to first. That will move Harkness to second. Thomas is at third. Fernandez is coming up. One man out. Chicago Cubs are playing the infield in and the outfield in, of course, because the man they're worried about is Frank Thomas. The runner is third. Warner turns to work straight away. We're in the bottom half of the 13th. Now walking out in front of the plate. Galen Sisko due up next for the New York Mets. Ursell now fires the ball back on out to Jack Warner. Cubs still playing. A defensive alignment of infield in and outfield in. No point in playing the outfield deep because if it is deep, Thomas could tag and score anyway. They want to try to cut off that run at the plate. Now the strike one pitch to Fernandez. It's high for a ball, one and one. Frank Thomas, the base runner, is third. Jim Harkness, the base runner, is second. Charlie Neal, the base runner, is first. Warner getting a sign from Burchell. A 1-1 pitch. Swung on, foul ball to the right side, out of play. It's one and two. this again, signaling down and getting one of the special policemen to try to get the banner removed from the left field wall. Warner is working, the one-two pitch. Swung on to ground ball to third. Sando up for the play to the plate. He's out at the plate. It's the fourth play there. No other play. Base is still loaded and two men out. No tag necessary at the plate as Sando plays the ground ball to Bertel in time to force Thomas. Galen Sisko is going to bat for himself with the bases loaded. Because, uh, there is no choice. Only pitchers are left 
Only Craig, McKenzie, Hook, and Rowe are left. So Galen Sisko will bat for himself here. New York Mets. With the bases loaded, two men out, so that the Cubs, of course, can play normal defensive alignment now. Warner winds and fires, and there's a pitch in there for a called strike. It's a pitch fired low. It's one and one to Galen Sisko. Tim Harkness is the base runner at third. Neal at second. Fernandez at first. Now the one-one pitch. He checks the swing, takes outside. It's ball two, two and one. in for his sign. 2-1 pitch. Going on at the ground ball to the right side. Hubs is up with it. Plays over the bank in time and the side is retired. So in the bottom of the 13th and that's got no run on two hits, no errors and three left. At the end of 13 innings of play, it's the Mets four, the Cubs four. Coming back is Pearsall. His glasses down. He has room and he makes the catch. He is batting the 250, a left-hand batter. Don is the third center fielder used by the Cubs in this game. Nelson Matthews started. Then Ellis Burton was moved from right to center, and then Don went in to take Burton's place. And the first pitch to Lanterham, a curveball, a tie for ball one. One ball, no strikes. Cisco peering at the signs. He takes one and comes back to the plate with a slider that's low. So Galen is behind 2-0 to Don Landrum with Andre Rogers on deck. Pitch back to Landrum outside, ball three. Landrum is the 54th man to come to bat for the cut. And there's the pitch back to the plate for a strike. Make it 55th. Just add one more to it. Cubs have batted around six times, and now Landrum is starting off the seventh time. Here's the pitch back to the plate. It's ball four. So the Cubs get a base runner for the first time since the ninth inning when... Ron Sano has walked intentionally. And with one man out, the batter will be Andre Rogers. Rogers has two doubles in the ball game, two walks, a sacrifice, and he has lined out the second. Rogers, a right-hand batter, and the first pitch to him is a high curve that hangs up too high, ball one. Rogers batting 217. After Andre Rogers, Billy Williams. Cubs four, Mets four, top of the 14th. Landrum goes and the pitch is fouled away. 
So the run and hit play, Latterman returns to first base, and the strike count is now one strike in favor of Galen Sisko. He also has one ball. One one count. Sammy Taylor going out to talk to Galen at the mound. Ken McKenzie still throwing in the bullpen for the Mets. The Mets have used 20 men in the ball game. The Cubs have used 17. Mets have a day off on the National League schedule tomorrow, but they will be playing a ball game in the International League against their top farm club, Buffalo. That game will not be on the radio or television. Now time is in. Sammy Taylor back to give the sign. Don Lindrum at first base, and the 1-1 delivery by Galen Sisko. A curveball too low for ball two. As Lindsay told you earlier, this is the eighth extra inning game for the Mets. They have won three. Now Sisko at 2-1. Landrum goes, and the pitch is hit down to third. It's a foul ball. Throw to first base beats Andre Rogers, but Tom Gorman gave the call foul. The ball was in fair territory just before it reached the bag, but then it kicked off and went foul before getting to the bag, and the count now is 2-2 two and two on Rogers. Returning to first base, Don Landrum. Mets have one out here in the 14th. The score tied 4-4. to figure out whether that was a good break or not, the ball going foul, because Neal did get his man at first, but the Cubs moved Landrum down if the play had been fair to second base, where he could score on a base hit by the next batter. Now 2-2, Landrum goes again, and there's a fly ball to right field. Moving over is the right fielder, Jim Hickman, and he makes the catch. Returning to first base is Don Landrum. Two men out, and the batter is Billy Williams. Billy Williams is all for six in the game. He has scored one run. The Cubs scored one run in the first inning. The run was unearned. They added one more in the second when Burton Homer to make it 2 nothing. They added two more in the fifth for their total of four. The Cubs have scored two earned runs in the game. The Mets tied the ball game up after scoring three in the sixth on a base hit by Frank Thomas in the eighth inning. Frank has had a big day here today. Four hits and six times up. He has a home run, one of the four hits, and he has driven in four runs, should say three runs of the four. Now with two out, the batter, Billy Williams, and the first pitch to Williams hit the left field. It's going to be a base hit. Coming over Thomas. He can't get to it. The ball goes on by. And coming around from first base, the score is Don Landrum. The ball off the wall. Williams is going to make it inside the park, a home run. Here comes the throw in by Frank Thomas. And Billy Williams has it inside the park home run. Frank Thomas elected to try to get to that ball in the air. He misjudged the ball. The ball hit in front of him. He had no chance to block it. And then bounced against the wall and rolled out the left center field. Jimmy Pearsall, the center fielder, did not get over to pick it up. And Williams has an inside the park home run. And the Cubs lead 6-4. to four. While a two-man out, Thomas took a chance to get to it. And it cost the mess. 
That is home run number 11 for Bill Williams, his 43rd run batted in in the season, and the batter now is Ron Zano, and he takes the pitch for strike one. That base hit, the first base hit in the ball game, an eight and two-thirds inning for the Chicago Cubs. Met pitchers had given up no hits for eight and two-thirds innings in relief. Here's the pitch back to Sano. It's ball one. One ball, two, one strike. Larry Bernard worked two innings without giving up a hit. Stollard worked two, one inning without giving up a hit. Willie worked two innings without giving up a hit. And Cisco worked two and two-thirds innings without giving up a hit. Here's the pitch back, a foul tip for strike two. Cubs with two runs here in the 14th inning. Lead now six to four. Francisco back to work, and he throws a strike call right across the outside corner to retire the side. Four strikeout for Galen Cisco, but the Cubs take the lead. They score two runs on one hit. There were no errors. And the score at the end of 13 and one-half innings of play. The Cubs six. The New York Mets four. Coming to bat is Jim Hickman. Mets need two to tie. Actually, the Mets picture pitchers had pitched Nine complete innings without giving up a hit. There's the first pitch to Hickman, lying to right field, a base hit. So Jim gets his first hit of the ball game, and the Mets now have the time run coming to the plate, Ron Hunt. Jack Warner on the mound, now looking out at the bullpen. Jim Brewer warming up, a left-hander for the cut. Warner came in the game in the ninth inning with two men out. Ron Hunt's the batter. Ron, a right-hand batter. And he has one hit and six times up. And the first pitch is lying the right field of base hit. Jim Hickman rounds at second and holds. And the Mets now have runners at first and second. And now Hickman is falling out at second base. Hickman rounded too far around second base, and Lou Brock in right field picked the ball up, fired at the second base, and Hickman is out. So the Cubs, with a fine play by Lou Brock, have one man out, and the batter coming up for the Mets is Jimmy Fearsall. for the second time. He walked his first time up. And the first pitch to him is ball one, a curveball. Mets have had all kinds of opportunities to score an extra inning. They left two on in the ninth, one on the tenth, one on the eleventh, three on in the thirteenth. And here's the pitch back to Pearsall. It's a ball. Fastball outside. Two balls and no strikes. Paul Tolt, the right-hander, now throwing alongside of Jim Brewer, left-hander. Cubs working in the bullpen. Mets with a time run at the plate. The score six to four in favor of the Cubs. There's a swing and a fastball throw to first base, but Hunt gets back. Two balls and one strike. Now Jack Warner comes back low and outside for ball three. 
Three balls and one strike. The on-deck batter is Frank Thomas. in the stretch position and the pitch back to the plate is outside ball four and now the Mets have runners at first and second base and Frank Thomas coming up runners at first and second base and now Bob Kennedy coming to the mound Bob Kennedy to the mound Jack Warner The pitcher in the ball game and still throwing in the bullpen is Paul Tilt, the right-hander. Now the sign goes out, the right-hander Paul Tilt will be coming in the game. Well, Jack Warner in his first start in the major leagues has done quite a job. He came in the ball game in the ninth inning with two men out. There were two men on, second and third. The Mets with a chance to win the game. And Warner struck out Jim Hickman. He worked the tenth inning giving up one hit to Duke Snyder. In the eleventh inning, Tim Harkness doubled to start the inning off. But Warner left him there. In the 12th inning, he got the Mets 1-2-3. In the 13th, the Mets had runners on all the bases. The bases loaded on two hits and a walk. And Warner got his final out as he got Galen Cisco on a ground ball to second base. Here in the 14th inning, Jim Hickman let off with a single. He moved to second base when Ron Hunt singled to right. But then Jim, in taking too big of a turn at second base, was thrown out by the right fielder, Lou Brock. Now, after walking Jimmy Pearsall and moving Ron Hunt on down to second base, Warner is going out of the game, and Paul Toth is coming in. Warner, in working four and two-thirds innings, has given up no runs so far. He allowed six base hits. He struck out one and he walked four. Two of the walks intentional. Paul Tilt is a six-pitcher used in the game by Bob Kennedy. Bob Buell, the starting pitcher, went six innings. Then Don Elson, who worked one and two-thirds. Lenny McDaniel, who worked one-third. Dick LeMay, who worked two-thirds. And Jack Warner, who worked four and two-thirds. the right-hander has a record of one win and four losses. This is his 12th appearance. He has appeared against the Mets one other time. That was on April 24th. He was not involved in the decision. He came in in relief and worked three innings, giving up no runs and no hits. Soap was acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals in a trade that set Harvey Branch to the Cardinals. And now Tilt completes his warm-up pitches. The Mets with runners at first and second. The tying run at first base. And Frank Thomas coming to bat. Frank has singled, homered, singled, and singled. He is four for six. Frank has driven in three runs, but his play in the top of the fourth inning, 14th inning, excuse me, the play that set up two runs for the Cubs, and they took the lead. Frank elected with two men out to try to make a tough catch and a ball over by the ball. He couldn't get to the ball. The ball went through for an inside-the-park home run. Two runs scoring. 
Now the pitch to Frank Thomas. A curveball outside for ball one. Well, we've seen just about everything in this game here today, and I guess we've been seeing it quite often, but this has been a real thriller. Now Tilt sets and comes back to Thomas. There's a ball hit high in the air to shallow left. Coming back in is Billy Williams. A long run. He's still running, and he makes the catch. Going back to second base is Ron Hunt, and back to first, Jimmy Pearsall. Two men out now for the Cubs, and Sammy Taylor comes up. Sammy has no base hits in the game. He is 0 for 6. Left-hand batter. Mets with two outs in the bottom half of the 14th inning. Cubs lead 6 to 4. Taylor in the batter's box. Now here comes Bob Kennedy out to the mound again. He has a left-hander warming up, Jim Brewer, and there's a sign out. He's going to bring in Jim Brewer to pitch to Sammy Taylor. The Mets have no pinch hitters. They have used 20 men in this ball game. The only men left on the bench are pitchers, Roger Craig, Ken McKenzie, Jay Hook, and Don Rawl. So Sammy Taylor will bat against the left-hand pitcher coming in, Jim Brewer. Officially, Paul Tolk Worked one-third of an inning. He pitched to one batter, getting Frank Thomas to fly out the left field. Brewer now the 19th man used by the Cubs in this game. A total of 39 men used in the ball game. And while Brewer walks in, we'll have Lindsey bring you up to date on the schedule. Head coach Bob Kennedy is starting on back toward the dugout area. And Brewer now is checking with Ron Santo before starting his warm-up tosses. And as uh, he starts to get warmed up, coming back in here once again is Ralph Kiner. Okay, Lindsay, the seventh pitcher, pitcher used in the ball game by Bob Kennedy. Jim Brewer now taking his warm-up pitches. He has a record of two wins and one loss. This is his 13th appearance. He has not appeared against the Mets so far this year. Jim is 25 from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 1962 against the Mets, he won none and lost one. He's a fellow, if you recall, was a victim of a line punch by Billy Williams. Not Billy Williams, Billy Martin. In a little knockdown fracas in Chicago a few years back. Brewer was put out of action by Billy Martin. Okay, it's Sammy Taylor, he represents the go-ahead run in the first pitch in the ball game to Sammy Taylor by Jim Brewer is outside for ball one, a curveball. Mets have the time run at first base, the winning run at home plate. Cubs have two men out in the bottom half of the 14th. We're right down to the end of the line. Ren Hobby warming up in the bullpen now for the Cubs. Here's the 1-0 pitch. It's low for ball two. Ball in the dirt dug out by Dick Bertel. Ron Hunt at second base. Now Ernie Banks sinking in in back of Jimmy Pearsall. And Pearsall puts on a little act. Two balls, no strikes. 
Bauer takes the stretch position and comes back low for ball three. So it's three and all. Brewer one pitch away from holding up the bases. The on-deck batter is Tim Harkness. again behind Pearsaw. Here's a pitch to the plate. A fastball through for strike one. Cubs, after being shut out and kept hitless for nine innings by New York Met pitchers, scored two runs in the top of the 14th to take the lead six to four. Now the pitch back to Sammy Taylor outside. Ball four and the bases are loaded. Moving to third base, Ron Hunt. The second base, the tie run, Jimmy Pearsaw. The first base on the walk by Jim Brewer, Sammy Taylor. The winning run at first base, and the batter is Tim Harkness. Tim has three hits in the game. His last two times up, he has doubled and singled. Both times he was left on base as the Mets could not get any runs across from the eighth inning until right now here in the bottom of the 14th. Cubs have two men out. Harkness, the left-hand batter. And here's the windup in the pitch. Fastball fouled back over by the dugout, the ball going out of play. and a one-strike pitch inside. One ball, one strike. That's where the base is loaded. Bottom half of the 14th. Here's the pitch. And it's taken low for ball two. Two balls, one strike. The on-deck batter is Charlie Neal. Brewer into the windup and the pitch back to Harkness swung on and missed for strike two. So it's down to two balls and two strikes. Mets have had two base hits and two walks in this inning, but they have not scored. Now Brewer at 2 2, the pitch to Harkness. It's low ball three, and now the ball game is all the way down the line. And the catcher now, Dick Bertel, arguing very vehemently. Bertel with a strong protest on the call. They count three balls and two strikes. and two strikes. The runners will be going. Two men out. Bottom half of the 14th. The Mets need two to tie. Here's the stretch position. And the pitch. Fastball to right field. Deep to right field. Way back there. It's going to go all the way.
Rutgers with a grand slam home run to give the Mets the win by a score of 8-6. to six. That grand slammer coming with two men out, the bases loaded, the count three and two, and the Mets win it. Rutgers with his first grand slam home run in his career to give the Mets the win by a score of 8-6. to six. We'll be back with a recap of the action in just one minute. How game the Mets have played in their history. The Mets winning the ball game on a grand slam home run in the 14th inning with two men out. And here to tell you about it and to bring you up to date on the back play is Lindsey Nelson. All right, Ralph Scott, it was a 3-2 pitch hit by Tim Harkness with the bases loaded, two men out in the bottom half of the 14th inning, and he drilled it into the lower deck way out near the bullpen area. For his first grand slammer of his career to give the Mets a come-from-behind victory over the Chicago Cubs by a score of 8-6. to six. The Cubs began the afternoon by getting four runs off Al Jackson, who was the Mets starter. But the Mets battled back to get four and tie it up and send it into extra innings. The Mets pitchers were holding the line all the way as they pitched nine innings of no-hit baseball in relief. But the Mets could not manage to push across the run. And then in the top half of the 14th inning, the Chicago Cubs... Got two runs when, with two men out and a runner on, Billy Williams hit an opposite field line drive to left, and Frank Thomas uh, elected to try to make a spectacular catch. He could not get to the ball. It banged off the wall by him, and before the ball could be recovered, Williams had circled the bases, scored an inside-the-park home run, two runs scoring on the play, and the Cubs were out in front by a score of 6-4. to four. But then the New York Mets battled back as Jim Hickman opened up the 14th inning with a single. Ron Hunt followed with a single, but Hickman took a wide turn at second and was trapped off the bag to dampen the Met hopes at that point. Jimmy Pearsall drew a walk. Paul Tost was brought in to pitch to Frank Thomas, fly to left, and then Jim Brewer was brought in. Sammy Taylor drew a walk to load up the bases, and on a 3-2 pitch with runners moving, two men out, Harkness hit his grand slam home run. Here are the final totals for the... New York Mets, eight runs on 15 hits and three errors. For the Cubs, six runs on eight hits and no errors. The winner is Galen Sisko. He's won four and lost six. The loser is Brewer. He's won two and lost two. The Mets used 20 men in the ball game. It was the longest ball game of this season. 14 innings here. It was the 22nd win at home for the New York Mets, and that's exactly how many they won here at the Polo Ground last year. All of last year, they won only 22. Already they've won 22 this year. The fans are now gathered under the clubhouse windows in center field, doubtless yelling for Timmy Harkness, the hero of the day.